0: Hey, everyone, this is Dave Benichetti from y and You're listening to Middle Age Metalheads. Turn it up.
1: If we get you know, this band, we get this costume designer, we get this video director, this producer, this songwriter... And there were names, Desmond Childs, Bruce Fairburn, Marty Kallner, um, Flo, who's married to Michael Tramp for a while. These were You get these people, you dress them up, you produce them, you write their songs, you put them out, and then release a credibility track, that's the rock track, which only goes to rock radio. But then you release the power ballad, and they sell a million records.
2: Welcome to another edition of Middle Age Metalheads. My name is Colin Bossler, and I am very excited to be joined by David Timoney, Michael Stamps, and John Harden as we talk about hair metal. This is absolutely my number one topic, my number one love of the 80s and early 90s. I am jazz psyched to be doing this, so I am ready to get rolling. I would not like to steal the spotlight, though, so I will allow, if you will, somebody else to start us off. Michael, you're always good at the back story, if you don't mind beginning the program with a little bit of the history of hair metal.
3: Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Colin. Um, so I, again, I think an appropriate place to begin with, uh, this, this particular topic for which, uh, we are all sporting a Woody to, uh, quote dangerous toys. Um, it, it's just like, what, what exactly are we talking about when we talk about hair metal? Um, it, it's definitely a sort of contentious term, a very divisive term, uh, sometimes derogatory, sometimes celebratory, um, but is it uh, is it a sound? Is it a look? Is it just like some sort of pop music product that's just churned out by FM radio and MTV? So maybe we could just kind of do a little round robin here with everybody, just kind of give a little uh, a little take on like what they consider or how they define or how they describe what what we're calling hair metal is. So we could do alphabetical. Cool definitely so, sure. so we'll flip it back to Colin. So I say hair metal, you
2: say. Awesome. Every, everything about oh. it is awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Everything is awesome. Why, I, think,
4: I think you've sprouted a few hairs since we started. <laughs> You're so excited. This episode is going
0: to be hell for Tim and a.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: He's already right. drinking the jar whiskey there. <laughs> yeah. So so I did a little bit of, of a look back on my musical heritage when I was getting ready for this episode. My, my was, father that, was
3: that a pun? Was that a pun?
2: What's
4: music that? Here? Music. Heritage.
2: Heritage? Oh, no, it wasn't, but I'm going to take it. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. Okay. Um, my father was in a country western band for decades. So Something. I grew up on on country western and, and saw him play live. He played the steel guitar. I saw him play live for many, many years. And my mom was a big 50s person. She loved Elvis and she had a whole stack of, of 50s, 45s that I stole as a kid and listened to Fats Domino and all those guys. Um, And then when I got into the 60s, I had had the Moody Blues, and then I hit the 70s with Kiss and and Blue Oyster Cult in Kansas and such. And when I was looking at my heritage and my history, and what I realized is melody— and storytelling were huge in a lot of what I listened to if you think about the 50s right most of those songs told you a story certainly they told stories in country music they're telling a lot of stories in some of those bands I mentioned like Blue Oyster Cult and Kansas and Styx there's a lot of a lot of uh, uh, themes of the stuff they sing about and, and I, I think what is really what really hooked me with the hair metal is it's it's a storytelling aspect to it, but it threw it into that that hard rock metal edge. It had a little bit more of that machismo, that sexuality, that rebelliousness, and I love them. But it's still melodic. There's still you can sing to it. You can you can like Cherry Pie, for example. And we're gonna throw out a thousand different songs. <laughs> Cherry Pie yeah. to me, you can you cannot not sing that song at the top of your lungs because it we're is a fun. Sure <laughs> hold on David (laughs) you're next alphabetically because it's because it tells a story but it's fun you have you have these hooks and these choruses and everybody's happy and you guys all know I lean towards that everything's awesome side and what's more awesome than people that are having a good time and that to me I think is what what always made me happy about that music was the songs just kept me feeling a really happy, good, rebellious sing along vibe.
3: Okay, well, that's again. I think that's 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 a great place to start, and I think we'd probably all agree that um, there is something very sort of satisfying and enjoyable about about this thing called hair metal. Um, so we'll kick it back to, to David now and see uh, what he's got to say about. Uh, all this yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not going to say i'm not going to say that i was never into hair metal that i'm not into hair metal or you know i mean it's 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 not my favorite but i mean everybody dabbled in hair metal everybody dabbled in some kind of glam and as we go through the history you know what it had its place for sure i mean i'll have to dig it up somewhere i've got A school photo of me with like big goofy teased hair. Um, Would love to see that. I I I, (laughs) I mean I know it exists. I I, and I I off the top of my head don't know where it is, but if I can find it, I'll make it the cover for this episode.
0: Oh please,
4: Um, nice. (laughs) And I think I might have had braces too, which kind of. And yeah, let me think. That, I'm that try-
3: enhances it much.
4: I know that I was wearing like a white jacket, and I don't think I popped my collar, but I may as well have popped my <laughs> collar. Um, it's good. It's good. Um, but anyway, I mean, when I think about hair metal, I mean, I think there's some there's some key facets of hair metal, and some of it is kind of the clean nature of it, right? Like the um, you know, there, I don't want to say virtuoso playing necessarily, but the playing is clean, it's cleaner than like the heavy stuff, you know. That, that uh, what's going on in this? <laughs> that's, a great, that's a
0: great picture. You know
4: what? It's not that far <laughs> off, man. It's
3: uh, R- Rivers Cuomo's High School, uh,
2: photo. <laughs>
4: soldiers or soldiers. So um no, I mean I think that there are specific facets to Hair Metal that I appreciate in some senses and that I, I kind of my appreciation for them comes and goes, you know. Um when I think about even like the the guitar sound of Warren D. Martini, like the cleanliness of that sound, I can't think of a better way to describe it, but also the utilization of not just power chords but some you know, there's some thirds and some, you know, some other notes that are not typically in, like, the, the traditional heavy metal riffage that we hear. Um, but, you know, there's also the look, and I think the look goes along with that. And I think as we, you know, we joke around a lot about Pantera, whom I can't stand, but people tend to like, um, you know, they dabbled in hair metal. And I think for a while, everybody dabbled in hair metal a little bit, Um And, you know, you look at my favorite band, Celtic Frost. Check out the video for Cherry Orchards, where they're all playing, like, pointy BC Riches, and they got teased (laughs) hair. And I'm pretty sure there's some, like, sequins and glitter. Um, Everybody had that day, and I know I did. Um, And I, I, I don't necessarily see it. You know, I know Michael mentioned, you know, whether it's a derogatory term. I think it's not until you've got someone saying it and what they mean is that you're a poser. Right, <laughs> you know, right. I, mean, I think that you can call it hair metal, glam metal, whatever to differentiate. But it's, when you start saying it in terms of somebody being a poser, like I know some tough mofos who were in hair metal bands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like there's still dudes you know from around town, you know. Um, and I always kind of think it's funny that you might be hanging out with some dude you know from around town who, like, you know, puts on his cut-off sleeve shirt, tight pants, and teases up his hair on a Saturday night for a gig. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there, but there's there's a specific sound to it, and um, you know, in in the industry, you've got whether it's the guitar you play or the the, the amps you use. Um, there's some very specific expectations about what your band is going to sound like. If somebody said, "I'm going to play you a hair metal band," then I I know what that's going to sound like.
3: Agreed. and it's gonna it's gonna sound really good probably <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's what i meant to say yeah it's gonna
3: be a it's gonna be a catchy sing-along anthem you know feel good sort of like beer and beach sort of like you know,
4: there's, there's some old there's some rules about you know like back when i was in school for music um and i was taking composition classes and things like that there were rules about writing melodies and some of those rules were simple, you know, it should be memorable, it should be singable. And yeah. you've got the folks who depart from those specifically, you know, composers of particular eras, et cetera, um, or, a, you know, a or, or a composer who specifically departs from that. But it's like, if you want to be well known, if you want to write a piece of music that people are going to like and want to hear, they're going to need to be able to walk away humming that thing. And for sure, those are some of the, you know, nobody's walking around singing those Cookie Monster tunes. Nobody's walking around singing like those bands that come out with like the screamy high vocals like they're cool and all. But it's it it gets to the point where it's novelty.
2: It may be cool, but ain't nobody buying that. Right. And, yeah. I, and I think that's what, it, when it comes to hair metal, I think that was the biggest, we, we are going to talk in more depth about the popularity, but I think that's what happened was it made money. And back to your point, David, that made everybody want to be part of that. Yeah. Everybody wanted to say, you know what? I got to dye my hair. You know, I got to bleach my hair. I got to put the makeup on. I got to wear the spandex. We've already had our Wasp episode, little yeah. teaser there. Check e- that even out Even if too. they
0: didn't want to be part of that, begrudgingly, e- they became part of that. Exactly. For
2: sure. Exactly. Yeah. So go back to the Blackie mm-hmm. Lawless conversation about the spandex. Cheetah outfit and things. They had to because look at all the freaking money yeah. that was being thrown at these. I, I look at look yeah.
0: at Kiss at the time. You've got a band that's already 15 years into their career, and Paul Stanley is wearing a body glove wetsuit as <laughs> <That's> part <laughs> of his stage costume. And it's yeah. like you know, Finger I you know, gloves. We'll, we'll go back to Kiss and and their part in sort of you know forming Trick. glam. Yeah. Oh, Kiss is going to be spoken about in this episode. No <laughs> Uh, so,
3: so, 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 John, to you, like, how, how do you go about defining, describing
0: what this thing, hair metal, is? Like, like Colin, this is my favorite subgenre of metal. I mean, I I catch more than my share of hell on this show about <laughs> talking and liking all those bands, Vincent. and uh, yeah, and Vinnie Vincent and Kiss and oh, all of it? those bands, and. I think Colin put it well when he talked about it telling a story, but the story it tells is the story of a good time. And I think when we Nothing started, but a good time, we will also reference them more than once. <laughs> uh, I, I think the story that it tells, like we, we talked about this in the past, you know, when when we brought up Dumou Bourgier, I don't relate to burning down a church. Sorry. Like Yet. I, Yet. It, it's just, just not my thing. But when you're 14, when you're 13, there's almost like a, an aspirational quality to hair metal of these guys got the cars. They've got the girls, they've got the booze. They're the ones partying in reality. They might not be, they might just be going town to town and playing their show and hoping they make enough money not to get a day job. But (laughs) that's not what was being sold. And the music that accompanied that was fun music. Um, you know, there's there's some truly awful glam metal out there. I a really bad, bad in look, bad in sound. But there's some great music as well, and it's music that you know we we spoke about this on the on the last episode. You know that Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison show is selling like hotcakes, and it's yeah. you know for some of those bands they are 40 plus years into their career and they're selling out baseball arenas and football stadiums. That's no easy feat for any act. And uh, it's its because that music connects. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, you look back and some of it looks really silly, but it's also nostalgic in a way that you hear those songs and you think of maybe a simpler time, a better time, or you just flat out like the song. And uh, it, it still connects.
3: Yeah, and I, I think the, the, those points that you made there, John. I think they all sort of intersect in the sense that, <clears throat> for one, we have the nostalgia for these songs because they they do place us at a particular time uh, for for us in our youth, and these these are songs that celebrate youth. I think you know, whether, we could, because there's a sort of a, a libertine attitude that goes with all these songs. they they're definitely songs about having a good time and they have all the sort of licentiousness that goes with sex or defying the law or just you know getting loaded, whatever whatever it might be. And and all those things, you know, belong to a particular sort of like adolescent period in one's life. But
0: but also the 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 sense too like, and, and and just sorry Mike, just to jump in again, that's nothing yeah. new. Yeah. I, no, I mean no. if you want to jump back to hope I die before I get old it's just it's just a different generation saying the same thing in a different way absolutely
3: and so you know when we talk about hair metal we're not really talking about uh, anything that's particularly novel Um, I think just coming at it from the perspective of metalheads, we we seem to think that it has to um, obey a particular sort of criteria but if we go back you know, in the history of rock and roll, what what is hair metal? It's well, look at Elvis's hair, you know, or look at the Beatles' hair, you know. There was that. There's a sort of like a, a cultural sort of connection with uh with the fashion that goes with the music which uh which goes with uh everything that that particular uh youth culture that generation is experiencing and
0: expressing right. so, it's so it's rebellion without burning down a building
3: yes it, it and, and and again for for all of the sort of like uh uh the the rebellious anthems and the we're not going to take it sort of songs um you know most of the people who are consuming this music really didn't have anything to bitch about uh you know (laughs) through the 80s so it's 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 a really sort of like impotent rebelliousness but nevertheless it's it it does empower somebody if you're again if you're 14 15 16 it's like it's it's very uh, well now much 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 older (laughs) It's it's very uh, empowering and liberating. It gives you a sort of like a a voice, a, 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 a sort of soundtrack, something that you could, like Colin was saying, that you could sing along to. Though I can't still imagine anyone's going to be singing along to Cherry Pie because it's like, uh, who am I singing that to? i
4: you know, I don't You're know if you need to your... sing it oh, to someone, huge...
0: but with Colin bringing it up and us knowing that we're going to do hair metal this week, I was doing some work right, a couple days ago and I put it on. I put that album on and wow, I was like, really? you know, yeah, there you go. this is not bad. And I listened to the whole thing through and I was like, did I miss Heaven? Where's Heaven? Heaven's on the previous album. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, I was like, and we'll just, we'll talk about the importance of a ballad, especially to hair metal and up, hair metal absolutely. bands. Um, absolutely. But uh, you know, there's there's some there's some crackers on that record. Uncle Tom's Cabin. Oh, Uncle Tom's and Cabin, I, I,
2: dude, that is awesome. Yeah, that's a great I, song. There's yeah.
0: there's some pretty there's some pretty good songs on there. Uh, you know, Janie Lane, rest in peace. Is he dead? He is dead. Yeah. Yeah. A few years years down the road now.
3: All right. So we've all all kind of, like, talked about, like, what hair metal is. And yet, again, I think it goes back to, like, what David was saying there, too, though, that it becomes derogatory and people get defensive about it if you start using it as a sort of, like, a way to, like, uh, what we talked about in the 1986 episode as a, as a way to kind of like divide and separate uh, particular mm, uh, uh, metal cultures. You know, that hair that metal is poodle rock or it's cheese metal or it's bubble gum or it's it's poser rock. Um, and I, I, I recall like uh, Eddie Trunk when he was on that, uh, that 80s show that he used to do. And I, I know he's still on XM on the
0: I don't know what's what's that channel called that he he's, gives it he's show on channel 41 he's on hair nation it's which, called hair nation <laughs> he hates I, I mean inherently he hates the term hair metal right or glam metal he just wants it to be rock or metal um I, I don't know I don't know if I share Eddie's sort of one man battle uh, against the term hair metal it is what it is if you don't yeah. like it I can move on down the road. I don't care. I, there's yeah. plenty of bands to like. I, it's not like, well, this is metal and this is what you have to like. Because guess what? More people have bought in Poison records than a lot of metal bands, for sure. And, yeah, and you know, call it whatever you want, but they'll call it profitable, and I'll call right. it enjoyable. So well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you know.
4: got it. Like that language has a function, you know, and you can't pretend. Whatever you call it, you can't pretend that it doesn't mean something very specific. And it's like it's, – it's ain't like buyer beware. Hey, you want to go to a metal show? And they show up and it's just – well, you said you like metal. Like, screw you, dude. Like, that's sure. not how language works. That's not how names evolve. That's right. not how any of this works. But
3: I, but I would have to say just just to put in here um, – in the 35-plus years since we've been using this term hair metal, that, it, that it's kind of ameliorated. That is, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same sort of sting. Now it's, it, it's, it's kind of like it's an endearment. You know, it's like, we know what hair metal is. We know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about a particular set of bands with a particular sound and a particular look. When you put it on or if you see the video, it's like, that's hair metal. And that's what I like. It's not like something that's going to get you punched out in the schoolyard anymore. (laughs) So Eddie Eddie Trunk still fighting this battle just seems kind of like kind of dickish. It's like like, I I think
0: more so than dickish. It's just pointless. Yeah, just I I mean, it's like
3: I don't know. It's it's kind of like his uh, his. you know his his quixotic sort of like tilts at the goddamn uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, so, he, yeah right. get over it. He has it. his
0: playbook. Kiss hates him. He hates the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What's up with the Grammys? And I hate hair metal. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. I'm not a big fan of Eddie Trunk, for the record. I, just I, I, just, I, I in I case you're listening, the the Eddie. I mean, I'm not, I'm honestly, not I'm I,
2: coming to your house for a barbecue here's the either. The, here's
0: the thing about Eddie Trunk. He gets tiresome because a lot of the time it's about of, I know this person, I know that person. That's like half of his rap. Yeah. To his credit, there has been few people more so than Eddie trunk that have tried to keep our type of music in the spotlight for as long as it has been.
3: Yeah. So it, it's a double edged sword. Um, Absolutely. And I think yeah, it's if,
4: if it weren't exactly for you guys about talking about him, talk about, him. about him, I wouldn't know who he
2: is. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let's stop then. Yeah. <laughs> All, All I- done. Mike, Mike, if you don't mind, I, I want to take what you said about um, how it's no longer an insult and tweak that just a little bit. In my opinion, uh, if you don't mind, because I still think, unfortunately, there's a group of people who think they're too cool to like hair metal. I was I, when I was looking up something uh, earlier, uh, I saw an article and, and they called hair metal a virus. And I think there's still <laughs> there's still some people that have to hate it because they can't admit that they like it. Right. I know Posted these people, by
0: D Timoney. <laughs>
2: I or know Kay these Cardi. go into these shows. I know these people are hanging with their friends and singing those songs. When, when Pour Some Sugar On Me comes on, these people sing those lyrics. But they have to act too cool. They have to say, no, I'm not going to get behind this hair metal thing, although it's been 40 years now soon. Uh, and they can't admit that they like it. But I think, uh, and I remember who just said it a few minutes ago, if you can just accept the fact that it's there and we all have a good time with it it's not really a big deal anymore you don't have to vilify it anymore just let it right. be what it is and it's fun music and that's the whole point of what we all grew up with in the 80s was having a good time and that's and why that's, you know
3: yeah no that's 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 a great point call it and again isn't that why we listen to music to enjoy it to ah. to share it with others to have a good time, maybe mostly yeah. Well, again, we we, we talked in the eighty six episode like where there's that that wedge where it's like no, I'm gonna go to the dark side where I'm not really into melody or to like uh, in, into all the sort of like uh, flashy showmanship and all the other stuff that goes with uh, what what we're talking about here as far as hair metal goes.
4: Yeah, but, but I mean, but, I'm thinking more along the lines of just it being music people taking music very seriously and you know i come from a classical and jazz background and you know music is is a i don't want to say it's serious in the sense that that you can't enjoy it but serious in the sense that you know while you guys are running around in your spandex like i'm i'm in the woodshed i'm practicing and i'm taking this stuff seriously like and that's part of the downfall of, of a lot of genres of music you know the old the old, uh, you know, saying uh, Charlie Parker would say, you know, if you have to ask, you'll never dig it. You know what I mean? Well, guess what? Like less than four of percent of, of purchased music is jazz. <laughs> right.
3: right? And, and and you just mentioned Bird, but nobody's going to know that on, on this show. But uh, that's and that and that's fine. Again, is it is it really so much about taste, or is it about like uh, one's personal sort of like cred in relationship to others, which Again, we go back to the sort of like high school, you know, smoking section parking lot sort of conversation. It's like, can I enjoy music for, for what I, for what I get out of it? Or do I have to like, you know, uh, is it a guilty pleasure? Is it something that you have to like disrespect just out of hand? I think Carrie, Carrie brought up a really good point in the 86 episode where he said that, Uh, The reason why he didn't like uh, hair metal bands, bands like Bon Jovi and stuff, was because his girlfriend was slobbering all over that stuff. So he kind of like, he resented the male performers in the band, their popularity, their sort of like mystique over his girlfriend and so he hated them indirectly so it kind of like drove him further away which
0: again is a is an interesting insight um when the flip side of that is joining the crowd and just going to a bon jovi concert that's 75 percent women yeah (laughs) exactly and and you get yourself
3: another girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) or two because that's yeah. that's what richie and john would do right they'll still <laughs> they steal Cinderella's girls at the end of the video it's like
2: what <laughs> that,
4: <laughs> uh, the
3: yeah. band the, the band is standing around so let's 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 put a little more uh context on on this whole sort of thing and get into like
0: some specific bands uh now that let's, we've got let, let, let's let's skip four and go to five mike let's talk about the roots first
3: okay all right let's, so and this kind of this kind of fits into like the definition too because we call it hair metal back in the day we might have called it glam which might not be the most appropriate thing to call it but but actually might
0: be more accurate yeah so walk, walk us through that john a little bit well i think we were talking about about the the musical roots and offshoots of what has become hair metal started in the glam scene and uh And you have acts that started to add a bit more theatricality to their music. No longer was it just the songs. Now it was an image. Now it was makeup. We do our hair a certain way. We have costumes. We have whatever. We present ourselves a certain way. And then sometimes the look and the image overtakes the band. That's more important than the music. Sometimes not. Mm -hmm. But... You're starting to see bands both both in the U.S. and the U.K. that start to put a heavy reliance on look as much as so the music. Bands like yeah. Kiss, bands like Aerosmith, uh, New York Dolls. In the U.K., you have you have Queen, you have uh, Sweet, you have T Rex. All of those bands have elements that have grown into what we call hair metal, right?
3: Yeah. And you could throw in like uh, theatrical
2: bands like Alice Cooper.
0: Absolutely. As
2: well. And David Bowie, who was probably the king of glam rock. And rock. That, That's a great point,
0: Colin. Yeah. I, yeah.
2: I mean, probably
0: before really any of these bands, Bowie was taking it to new heights really on every every album. Changing yeah. his look, changing his persona, sometimes adopting a character. Yeah. uh and and while a lot of people at the time were turned off to that a lot of people weren't yeah and, and, and he made his name that way absolutely
3: yeah and 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 so the, a lot of the spectacle of seeing a, a performer live or you know watching a video of them again going back into the, the, the you know the, the early 70s late 60s you know might not have been possible but like that that, that creates a, a different sort of mystique. You know you hear the songs on the radio uh, whether you're in england or, or in the united states but there's something about like i have to go see the show i want to be part of this sort of performance um and it becomes again a, a kind of event um you know and again it goes through all these different trends and i think hair metal what hair metal ultimately takes from that is a lot of the the sort of the glitter and the the sort of uh, the sparkle the bedazzling um and the androgyny all of that too. But, it, but it also takes with it like, like the other bands, like, like the sweet or, or Slade. It takes like that great pop sensibility. It's like, shit, you could dress up like a girl all you want, but if you don't have like great songs, people ain't going to stick around. Yeah. So, and, 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 and hair metal has <laughs> that, has that in spades. St- but, All but, right. but, 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 but were, these, were any of these bands, like bands that any of us grew up on, aside from KISS or, or Alice I, Cooper? I'd
0: say yeah. KISS and Aerosmith. To me, I, I think Aerosmith is sort of the prototypical hair metal band even more yeah. so than than say yeah even more so than say the new york dolls because the new york dolls definitely had a look but they didn't have the sound that really ties into what what became known as metal or or glam metal whereas aerosmith i think started the 70s in a certain way and then changed a bit into a bit more of a metal band and and they certainly did when it came to the 80s and and yeah. they got back and they sort of like had their resurgence with with permanent vacation. But I think the way Steven Tyler dressed, the way Joe Perry looked and played, I think that was kind of the blueprint for this this subgenre. And, yeah. you know, look, look no further than Theater of Pain coming out and Nikki Six basically lifting his look from Steven Tyler.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
2: Fair point.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, I think we go back on these definitions, and I, people are probably going to say, like, Aerosmith is not metal. Okay, okay. So they're not metal, but they're definitely a hard rock band, a blues based hard rock band. And they do ultimately, by the time, like John said, permanent vacation with the Desmond Child songs. And they get lumped into the same sort of rotation on MTV. And then they, you know, they have Guns N' Roses open for them on the on that tour. So they're. Yeah, you know, they're 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 in there one way or another. Uh, but uh, as, as far as uh, we we go back to the sort of like ground zero of the hair nation that, that Eddie Trump, uh, you know, I call him Eddie Trump. That's a really weird. That's a really <laughs> yeah. weird sort of like yeah. Freudian Slime. slip. There, now, now uh,
0: there's two ways to hate him.
3: Uh, but before,
0: before we jump away from, from these bands, Dave, do you want to talk about T-Rex? I can't yeah. talk. About
4: Dude, I, I freaking love T-Rex. Um, I I don't want to say I grew up on them, but I mean, I always remember listening to them. And I got into them heavy kind of right before I went to college. So like late 80s, I was really heavy into them. Uh, but I mean, you check out. I'm not going to tell you to check out their early stuff, the Mark Boland Records the um, you know the first couple Tyrannosaurus Rex records they were kind of like an odd folky pop duo driven thing. Mark Bolin at the center of that early on, but when the record Electric Warrior comes yeah. out, it's the Fair second old, yeah. record by T Rex. Like Slider and Electric Warrior came out like back to back, and for a long time it wasn't available, but you could get a reissue with, the, with both of them on one CD or cassette, and. It's been recognized, Electric Warrior's been recognized as the first glam rock record. And you look at the cover, and there he is. Mark Boland, big-ass Les Paul, stacked behind him. You know, the high-heeled boots, the the top hat and the hair down over his face. Bell-bottom pants. Yeah, and that record is the kind of record that you know that and slider you put them on beginning to end and when it's over you won't know the names of any of the songs because you loved them all and you'll just be like oh that third track i think it was so good um really well written songs um cutting edge uh studio tricks he would learn and record guitar solos backwards And then you'd hear them on the song like fading in, fading out in that like weird backwards way, Um, double tracking guitars, all kinds of cool stuff. But, you know, when you think about the impact they've had, the number of people who have covered their songs, um, you know, I mean, you think about the 80s when Duran Duran and those cats were trying to re kind of retool themselves. What did they do? They pulled together power station. They re-record bang a gong, get it on. All of a sudden, it's the '80s, and everybody knows who T Rex is again. And they had their own little resurgence there. Um, the influence that he has had—I mean, he looks like Slash, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, there's no doubt, um, you know, the 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 influence that he's had, but also, you know, the makeup, the style, um, writing about kind of. Cool stuff, fantastic stuff, um, things that nobody was talking about, um, in really cool ways, in really poetic ways. Um, I tell you, if you have, if you haven't gotten into at least those first couple of records, Electric Warrior and Slider, you owe it to yourself to do that. Um, but honestly, deeper into that catalog, a little later on, things like, um, let me see, what records am I thinking of? um specifically zinc alloy and the hidden riders of tomorrow like there's some cool records in there in the mid and late 70s and then he dies early he dies in a car accident uh and there's a there's a memorial like on the site of his death which is a little creepy um but uh yeah i mean definitely spend some time digging in there um if you look you know you can check it out on either wikipedia or on his web page or whatever Um, the number of bands who have covered him, the number of notable placements of his songs in movies and things like that is pretty amazing. Um, and the recognition that, that he's received, um, from, from bigger artists since then, I think is, is well worthwhile.
3: Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. I, I, I came to them really late. I probably got to them when I was in college, um, or maybe in grad school, but, uh, Definitely Electric Warrior is like one of those records, you know, top to bottom. It's like just every song on it is just like like a pop gem. You'd you, you think like, well, you were in the wrong country to, to hear most of these songs. But uh, Jeepster is still like one of my favorite yeah. songs. It's just like, goddamn, it's just it's such a clever, dark poppy little track it's just uh, again it's a it's a real wonder that uh, more people didn't catch catch on to t-rex and and maybe what what david talked about too like the expansiveness of the the creative direction of a band like t-rex or with like uh ziggy stardust as david bowie did it does it really translate into the hair metal that we know it, it's it there, there's definitely some artistry but it doesn't have it. That, that sort of like larger creative 70s
0: vision that goes yeah. with it well and he was gone i mean he dies yeah. in 77 so yes yeah. i think it's tough to cultivate a legacy and to maybe keep it at the forefront of music when that person is gone too soon um but bowie was a god absolutely not but that's also why people talk about bowie now uh, and, and don't maybe talk so much about Mark Bolan. Um, I think, I think the other two, uh, two sort of Mount Rushmore acts that we should talk a little bit more about if we're going to talk about hair metal before we move on are Alice Cooper and kiss. Absolutely. Um, so who, we're, who, we're, who we're, wants to take that? Like, I, I think Alice especially deserves, uh, some chat here.
2: I don't know if I ever have identified. I'm I'm processing as I listen to you, John, and I, I, I think at points. Certainly, his trash album is absolutely hair metal, and Poison is probably one of his biggest, if not his biggest, hits ever. I, I don't know up until that point, though. If I, if I think of all those releases, I don't know if I get hair metal out of that. Here's the thing.
0: I and I agree with that. But I think what Alice brought to the table was the theatricality to it, the, the costuming, the look, uh, sometimes the shock value. Not that, not that there's that much shock, I would say, in, in hair metal, but I definitely think the look and style that he presented in the early 70s influenced some of those acts.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, see
3: I, I, that. I know. I know. Colin is thinking about like uh, the the '80s releases that uh, when when Alice Cooper is like brought back. into Well, yeah. The
0: film. I mean, he had a guitarist that looked like Rambo. Yes, K. Rock
3: is problematic. But, uh, but uh, you know, it starts off as a as a band where you know he chooses an androgynous name Alice for for their project, and you know, there's a lot of the the sort of uh you know dark macabre goofy spooky horror movie sort of theatrics uh the torture devices himself getting like decapitated in shows and all that so if we we talk about like the the stage spectacle as being part and parcel of like the musical delivery um you know before he goes solo with uh welcome to my nightmare then you know, we, we we see him as kind of it, you know, the sort of like the forerunner of uh, you know, well what we see with a band like Kiss where you're going to privilege a little bit more the idea that you have to put on a show. You have to it's not just about the music that you put on the on the record. It's it's about what's going to bring people to the uh, to the clubs or to the stadiums. all all that other stuff. And,
4: uh, well, I mean, he, he, so he goes, he's got like six or seven records he puts out as a band Alice Cooper. Right. And then he goes solo and the first solo release is welcome to my nightmare. So we have on that tour kind of what's the Alice Cooper show, but you know, he's kind of like the upside down version of glam at that point. Right. He's he's on the Muppet show. He's got disco breaks. (laughs) He's got the look for sure. Right. But like part of the function of the makeup was to differentiate him and to indicate, you know, like this representation of loss and pain, and all these things. Right. Um, But he's become come mid 70s. Kind of a. Uh, what would you call it? Like, it's almost like Broadway shows in some of these cases, very, you know, not like people say theatrical, because they're thinking about heads chopped off, you know, on stage, but theatrical in the sense that, you know, these records he's making are like
0: musicals, right? Where there's there's, a stage show too. There's a narrative.
4: Yeah. There's a dialogue in the, you know, Alice Cooper goes to hell, not the most popular. And by that, I mean the record people talk about all the time, but that's a record with a narrative. You know, the Alice Cooper show, obviously the live record um, from the inside for people who, who aren't into it is a phenomenal yeah. A buddy of mine is, is a, a producer and I was like, like a stage producer. And I was like, somebody needs to turn from the inside into a rock opera. It's freaking awesome. Mm. You know, it's super dated. Like there's some there's some very like, uh you know, air supply type vocals going on in there. Nice. But, I'm
3: all out of love.
4: But I'll tell you what, there's some he's got some killer ballads. You know, I never cry from I, from Alice Cooper goes to hell. How are you gonna see me now from the inside? Literally sounds like an air supply song. Um in a good way. Um and only I think women
3: Blade was one only of his women big hits.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, he nails his genre, which is I I don't know that I would call it glam, but I don't know that I wouldn't call it glam. <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know, he, and he, and on top of that, he launches the careers of countless musicians who toured with him and played on his records. Not the least of whom is Kane Roberts. Right.
3: Well, But, but, but he's also, but he also delivers a little bit more of that, the dark edge, uh, which is a little bit less sort of, uh, pop oriented. And again, you think of like, uh, You know, his one hit song, great hit song, "I'm 18," Mm -hmm. uh, which, which again, becomes sort of like a a kind of a rallying cry for uh, for for the youth of that particular generation. And again, coming from Detroit, uh, he, you know, he's he's part of that that particular breeding ground that gives us a much more revolutionary band like MC5. Also, the, the Stooges, uh, with, with Iggy Pop, so there's there's definitely like a much harder edge that comes out of that, which I think metal fans uh, w- would recognize as, as something closer to their heritage, uh, as a part to something like uh, Queen or or David Bowie. But but uh, but all those elements again, all they're all mixing um you know throughout the late 60s and into the 70s and this is exactly the, the stuff that the 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 musicians and the fans uh, are listening to um they're on the breeding ground of the sunset strip so when we think of like 80s hair metal coming out of the la scene and all those clubs like uh, the whiskey go-go or uh Gazari's or the troubadour or the roxy or whatnot and we think, well, Motley Crue invented that. No, they, they're a product of this larger sort of like very uh, non-generic uh, heterogeneous sort of like uh, musical landscape where glam, blues... You know, again, The Doors and Jan- Janis Joplin and Led Zeppelin were all sort of like famous guests of that particular area. Ed Lemmy, of course, like took up a residence there in the 80s and stuff. So it's like it, it it's a scene that that ultimately becomes dominated because of MTV and all this other stuff and the, and the recording uh, uh, companies that sign all these bands. But uh, there are plenty of other bands who grow out of this scene. And uh, if we think of like a band like Quiet Riot, who like they started in the early 70s, you know, and they were just they were a cover band, just like Van Halen was a cover band. They're just, you know, they, they play songs to, uh, you know, to, to fill clubs, you know, to get the two drink minimum. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe play one or two originals it's it's not uh, a place that's going to uh cater to a lot of originality or a a great deal of uh you know the what we would consider glam excess in that sort of like visionary sense so um so we when we talk about like glam metal or or hair metal we're thinking about a particular set of bands by the time we're into like 1981, 82 or so. So maybe we could talk about some of these bands because we know one of Colin's favoritist bands
4: oh, No, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, it is almost synonymous
0: with the, with, with the sunset strip. So Colin, what, I, what and, and, and as a whole, I think this scene is almost synonymous with the Sunset Strip. There are outliers and there are obviously bands that came from the UK and came from the East Coast. But when you think hair metal and glam metal, really, that scene is about three blocks long. Yep, yep, exactly. It really is.
3: Yeah, you, you, you could walk it up and down in like 15 minutes or less if you've seen it all or you could just pop in and you'd be <laughs> gone for a day de- you'd be gone for a decade like lemmy right.
2: i when i think of motley Crue, i i'll be honest i although hair metal fits i don't necessarily they don't pop to my head first when somebody says hair metal because i don't think too fast for love and shout at the devil when necessarily hair metal releases and and i don't uh, certainly, a theater of pain was, um, but I, I don't think of Motley Crue honestly as as eponymous with hair metal and saying that that is my band that pops into my head first. A poison pops into my head more for hair metal.
0: Okay. I um, agree with that, Colin. I I disagree because I do think Motley Crue fits that mold, even even on even on "Shout at the Devil." Maybe not musically, but the look. For oh, sure. the
2: look for sure, John, and that's what I think. See, that's what I, I was thinking about this again. That like going back to that singability and the and the and the the way that it's the way that it's packaged together for that fun time. You know, shout at the devil is not a fun album. You know, there's not a there's not a, a, a bunch it is of if tunes if you like to
4: shout at the devil. Well, yes. that's
2: okay. But but when you think about smoking in the <laughs> boys' room doing things tonight? and the home sweet home, you know that to me is what put crew into that into that group. But when it's you think about poison devil. and if I if I had my big four. Um, in terms of hair metal and <laughs> big metal. four hair metal, but, yeah, exactly. Big four. I, <laughs> I go see this. I don't even know what he's gonna say. I'm down. Because oh no, no it, I'm there. You yeah. got, you got, you got 1986. You got right. Poison, and, Poison and Cinderella. Okay, yep. they have to make the big Poison. four. And then 87, yeah. you have to have White Snake and Def Leppard. To me, those are the four. Oh, Cinderella. If you had a Mount, had a Mount Rushmore and you put those four what bands what was your up fourth there, one? It was Def Leppard's. By Death so, Leopard with Hysteria. Now, again, same thing with... Crew, dude, minute, but I,
0: I, I think they're almost doing the big four this summer with Motley Crue. So Are exactly. you saying
4: Poison, Cinderella. Um, I,
0: I do think that poison they should have gone... They should Jeff have leaped a little bit more into the, the genre. As great
2: as Joan Jett is, she doesn't fit that bill. No, not at all. Not at all. Um so anyway I so I think and I do agree with you completely John did crew end up in there absolutely did, yeah. did, did it did it did it serve them well here we are in 2020 right and I just bought my ticket yeah. to go see them, but, see them a couple but, days but, ago you know when theater of pain came out and
0: and we can talk about the bands that were forced quote unquote to conform to this this sort of new new world order of of hair <laughs> metal and what's selling yeah! You know, they put out they put out Home Sweet Home. It becomes the biggest song they've ever had. And then they just sort of stayed in that arena. Girls, girls, girls did the same thing. And to an extent, so did Dr. Feelgood. Yes, they might have been singing about a little more edgier things. You know, if you're dying from a heroin overdose and then waking up and you write a song about that. Yeah, it's a little different than nothing but a good time. (laughs) But um, I think I think they embraced that. Like, once they found out, you know, after Home Sweet Home, they're like, look, we can either play to a thousand people or we could play to a million. Let's stick with the million.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got this is the difference, right? This is when when the homegrown talent build a scene. That's one thing. When other people show up to that scene because of that scene, you know, I think Michael Michael calls it, you know, the second wave of this this like LA band invasion. But it you know, yeah, the transplants, because you know how strange is it that you could somebody could sit down and say this kind of music was happening all over and nobody knew it until this scene opens up and there's pictures in Kerrang and Hit Parade, and they're like, Holy crap. My people, you know, and they make this <laughs> pilgrimage to a freaking Sunset Strip. And they're like, I've been waiting to wear spandex all day my whole life.
0: <laughs> Let, let's yeah. talk about that first wave of American uh, glam metal. We started with Motley Crue. Who else is in that scene?
3: Well, I, mm. and I, I think to, the,
0: the Godfather is a parametal. David's like, don't fucking care. the so off. I see who you're talking about. Like,
4: <laughs>
0: well, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm
4: like, I can't wait.
0: To find yeah, out. We we it's, talked about it on, on the episode before on 1986. Quiet Riot shit. is in that scene, and not only are they in it, they sort of start it, but yeah. then they fall off quickly. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And again, because we have talked about Quiet Riot, and we we know that they're like the. Uh, they're, they're the, the original gate crashers they're the ones who get on MTV they have like a, the number one hit single or actually the, the first uh, heavy metal album Metal Health to go number one in the United States which is quite an accomplishment but this is after they've been like a band for 10 years or so lost Randy Rhodes who was their original guitarist and, and struggled through this 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 uh morass of a scene in LA, like trying to please all the things that the, the musical taste and trends uh, wanted them to be, whether it's like are we going to be a, a bluegrass band, are we going to be a new wave band, are we going to be a punk band and, and, and trying to please all the different crowds and all the different club owners um, they released two records on Sony and um, but unfortunately, Sony is a Japanese label, so those records never saw the light of day here in the United States. Um, you could you could check them out on on the YouTube though, and they're 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 kind of cool. They're they're interesting. They're you know again, it's Randy Rhodes if you want to check that out for that reason. But uh, quite right because they hit big on MTV at the same time. Def Leppard's Pyromania breaks. The same time that uh, Shout Out the Devil breaks. I think then everybody who is someplace out in Indiana or Philadelphia, they're saying, shit, you know, L.A. is the place you want to be. So load up the truck and move to Sunset Strip. That's a
0: Beverly Hills uh, Hillbillies reference. <laughs>
4: I'm, with, I'm with you, man. I'm with uh, you. Let's
0: talk about rats. I think they uh, they take a place in in the, the forefront of the beginning of this scene, in Los Angeles especially.
3: David, what do you think about Rat? Your first memory of Rat?
4: <sighs> My first memory of Rat, I've, I've said it before, is that round and round video. Uh, but I, I, mean, I think I,
0: that's most people's first memory of probably, Rat. Probably,
4: yeah. I mean, but they never clicked with me, but I knew a lot of people were really into them. You know, like dove in, you know, jumped in with both feet, as they say. Um, but I mean, I think that what they bring and what they brought at the time is they brought kind of the seriousness and the heaviness of that glam scene. Like they had the look, right? And this is where like at that time, I remember it being that line between the Bon Jovi crowd which was like the lighter party crowd and like the heavy crowd, like the heavy crowd that would sing about, you know, darker topics, not like death and burning down churches, but, you know, the stuff that say rat would sing about as opposed to like stuff Bon Jovi would sing about, you know? Right. And I'm I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying it's some huge chasm, but it's like Bon Jovi would be playing like the MTV summer party and like these other bands would not be playing the Bon Jovi summer part; they would be playing like the the L.A. like get
2: drunk in your,
4: you know, in your spandex party or something.
2: Yeah, Rat gives us Wanted Man. I'm gonna hunt you down and find you. And Bon Jovi gives us Wanted Dead or Alive as a ballad. Let's I see, see. I see. I see your point, David. It, it's it yeah. is a, a harder edge to the same theme.
0: But yeah, but yeah. Slippery also comes out two years after Out of the Cellar. Right. Out, out of the cellar brings that, you know, Dave mentioned Warren Diamartini earlier and the, and the technical proficiency. I think that first not the first record, sorry. I think out of the cellar is a really solid record. Take away the image and pretend you've never seen Rat, forget what Stephen Piercy's hair hanging over and Robin Crosby's look and and such. That record's really good. It's it's yeah. a really solid record and Then they added the image to it, which put off some people, David, and 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 also brought a lot of people to the table. You know, it's it wasn't Milton Berle that that rocketed that song up the charts. They had they had a sex appeal. They had a good sound. And, uh, you know, Bon Jovi had some albums out at the same time. They did nothing. You know, the first Bon Jovi record Runaway was a regional hit, 7800 Fahrenheit, which I think is a really good record. Yeah, is absolutely. is completely ignored not only by Still. by media but also by Bon Jovi. I, it's like right. it's like they pretend that record doesn't exist. And then Which is a crime by the way, John. I it's my favorite Bon Jovi record is 7800 Fahrenheit. It all and, yeah, I
4: remember you know, is being in so being in high school. Being in high school and any, you know, you'd be in the auditorium and any theater fool who could play the piano would either play Angry Young Man or Runaway. <laughs> right. It's like, come right. on, but, dude. Uh, right. Or, the, or like first, the, or like the record hot on the Jam the from
0: Fame. Totally. But, you know, it, it's uh, 7800 Fahrenheit comes out. There's no hit on it. What a um, Tokyo
2: Road. I you know what I mean? Uh, that no. play quick it name a single song. And out of love was a minor.
4: Oh, is that them?
2: Yeah, Dude, I didn't even know that was them. Yeah. That's because they never stay do they don't do it in concert anymore. They, They'll talk it about I mean, it. I've never I, seen they it, it in concert. Since Dude, the what the album do you think kind of poser?
0: Um, <laughs> but slippery comes out and slippery plays into this blueprint that's already sort of been set up by these bands that we're talking about. Yeah. It has the ballad. It has. Some good sort of popish metal songs to lead to lead their first single off. Then they go into a ballad like "Wanna Dead or Alive" and it's it's massive. It, it's massive, yeah. massive. Well,
3: and, 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 and again, you 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 have it exactly set right, John, in the sense that like a lot of the the blueprint and stuff had already been kind of laid out uh, because. LA is like the, the land where the dreams come true, you know? So right. it's, it, you,
0: you it, have that everybody... full of clubs. You have Gazaris, which, which was sort of the first where Van Halen comes out of, you have the Roxy and the rainbow right next to each other. A mm-hmm. block away, you have the whiskey and a few streets South. You have the Troubadour right within, yep. within that mile block. You, you have Every club, and we, we talked about this the ARR guys just going door to door, seeing Rat at the whiskey, walking next door, seeing Motley Crue play the Roxy. Everyone's hanging out at the Rainbow. I got engaged at the Rainbow.
3: What?
0: Oh, that's cool. What was her name?
3: Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, oh, wait, wait. The, and the story is what song was playing at the time?
0: Round and round. There you go. Love uh... it. Just give it time.
4: So, so well, I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. No, see, among you guys, it probably is. I was gonna say unpopular opinion, but it's among for you guys, it probably is a popular opinion. The video, the release of the video for Talk Dirty to me, is is a landmark in time. Everybody, I,
0: I I, everybody, absolutely, I know. especially for this genre of music, Holy like Colin crap. said. The first band you think of when you hear hair metal is Poison and I agree dude, with that. They, they are the this, pinnacle of this sort of sort of subgenre I knew. Not only I because knew, the way they looked, but we've said it before that album's fucking awesome. All
4: the guys I knew, they saw that video, they loved it or they hated it, but they immediately went out and started looking to buy new guitars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm pink, dead serious, pink dude. BC Rich Those guitars. Those freaking
4: pink and yellow and poison oh. green BC Rich they're yeah. freaking gorgeous to this day I'm like I regret I had a BC Rich I had a I had a a warlock white sparkly dude yeah. I still BC regret Rich selling it
0: Or or ESP
4: yeah but those guitars were gorgeous that video is freaking amazing and when he's like what does he say hit it cc and that mm-hmm. starts, you're like yeah like every every I mean I've said this before everything about whether you love it or hate it Everything sounds good. Everything looks good. And we're like, oh, crap. I got to go bleach my hair
0: (laughs) (laughs) or buy a new guitar. As I could mention before, I think that's the start of the second wave. The second wave of hair metal is not only playing off the ghosts of the past. They're bringing some new things to it. But that's also when it explodes. Oh, and it makes makes a
2: gazillion dollars.
0: It makes a gazillion dollars. It takes bands that are putting out one record and then they're headlining because that record's selling right. so fast, and they they can't be. You know, we saw Poison. Uh, who did we see them open for? Um, uh, we
3: saw them open for Tesla. We saw them open f- on the day of the Green
0: with White Snake and Motley Crue. Right, um, but that's the last time they opened. And I mean, even even then, yeah. they probably shouldn't have been opening. Like, they, you know, they were one record in, I guess, Day on the Green. They played with White sneakers. Oh, that's right. We, we saw
3: them headline and Tesla opened.
0: Right. Oh, and you were so angry at that show.
3: Well, because Guns
0: N' Roses was supposed to be opening. <laughs> no,
3: no, 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 no. You were, you were so angry
0: because CC's, uh
3: I, oh, I remember yeah. this distinctly.
0: He, he, he played part of Eruption in his yeah. solo, and then I threw a full soda at him.
3: You were, like, rushing the stage, like, you can't do this, brah. Yeah. Which, is, which is an interesting <laughs> thing because... Bands like Van Halen are part of like that first wave of the of the LA scene who struggled so hard to like just get noticed, just get somebody to like maybe take them their original music seriously and get them a record contract. Because again, all of this is back in this in this era where you can't you can't make money as a musician, you can't be a professional musician, you can't be a rock star. Unless you have a record contract, so you know, like the breeding ground of uh, of the L.A. Uh, of the L.A. Strip, there, Sunset Strip, is like where you have to play. You have to like earn your bones there on the Strip. So we do this like one wave, second wave. Poison comes from Philadelphia to L.A. to basically. basically run this sort of game where it's like we're going to play all these clubs we're going to like plaster every sort of like telephone pole or window with our uh you know with our flyers and whatnot and try to build some sort of like uh following so it's again it's it's a really interesting phenomenon we go you know because we 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 consider like bands like van halen at this point being established but like they they had to cut their teeth uh, in, in the same way, and 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 Stephen Piercy in his autobiography talks about like, you know, sh- he was like a, in a, s- a series of uh, a cover bands, just like hanging out before a Van Halen show and smoking a doob with David Lee Ross and like, dude, what do we need to do to like, you know, to break big? And obviously, you know, Diamond Dave didn't have the answers then either. <laughs> but it's but it, but it's but but at but at some point. And again, we talk about this Quiet Riot moment, but you know Van Halen had broke it a little bit, but there was nobody else getting signed until Quiet Riot, um, or you know these other sort of bands that we might not actually remember anymore. But like Black and Blue is probably like one of the first bands, uh, and they're 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 an early Transplant band from uh, from Portland, Oregon, and they come down and they have the look, they have the guitarist. They
1: have Gene Simmons.
3: at this point they only have Tommy Thayer. Later, later, Gene <laughs> I'm Simmons. I'm not will drinking. Come
4: on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't care so, what you said.
3: But, uh, but, but 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 they get signed early on, and they get on the, the the sort of metal massacre records. So there's there there's other ways for for these bands that you know to get, and there's 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 K and A C too, which uh, if if you if you're from Southern California. If you know anything about uh, rock culture uh, in, in Southern California, Knac is like that's that's the place. If you get your record play, people will come to your you know your your backyard uh, you know party where the band is playing, or they'll come to your show. It, it was just like a, another sort of like outlet phenomenon.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and
3: Knac was like mythic
0: at the time. You would see the stickers, sure. in service or yeah, yes, Hip rater. You'd see you'd see a road case in the background. It's got it's got the KNAC sticker on it. I think it was like one hundred five point uh, five in Los Angeles, and it yep. was like fuck, man. When we go to LA, we got to listen to KNAC. And as soon as you got within range, <laughs> it was awesome. And uh, just shout out to KNAC. They're still going. They are yeah. online knc. You can still listen to it. They still play the music that we talk about every episode. Uh, they're great, and and I'm really happy they're still around. But back in the day, they were just the shit. Uh, yeah. On the no, right. that's
4: that's cool. But I mean, you know what what I think is amazing, and this is you know from a phenomenological standpoint. Once this music takes hold, right, and they've established what this is. It kind of opens the door to all of the variations and rebellion from it. And it gives everybody somewhere to go. Like, so when Motley Crue does Theater of Pain and they're all glammed up, and then they come back on like motorcycles looking like they just like worked for three days on a chain gang, like, that's like designed. That was it's. It was perfect. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. But we we I mean, they look see... like they were on
0: the chain gang, but the hair still teased. Yeah. Well, sure, sure it is. But it's
4: it, like uh, you know they're in denim and chaps and you know leather jackets, and but it also gives, it opens the door for all of the dirt, all of the unclean styled bands, and all of like right, the non glam. Right. But they're still glam. It's still within glam. Yeah, but it's like as soon as you
0: and it worked not so well for others.
4: Yeah, well I mean Colin talks about cherry pie. I mean the thing I remember about cherry pie ain't the song. It's It's the the video. video. It was so white. That video is the whitest (laughs) video I have ever seen in my life.
0: And and you're not
3: just talking about the performers. I'm not
4: just talking about the performers. The (laughs) background, like it was, yeah. It's a a white
0: psych. It's the band. (laughs) It's a convertible. It's Bobby Brown and a piece of pie. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, and that's all they needed.
4: And then all you need, it's like you can imagine you're watching this, and somebody's like, "Why can't we do this?" And somebody's like, "Well, how about we don't?" And they're like, "Great, (laughs) let's start L.A. Guns." (laughs) You know.
3: Well, but LA I'm going to have an ugly chick. As, yeah. <laughs> <as it were. laughs> but again, I think that that's 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 another thing. When, when we think about, um, you know, uh, hair metal, we think about all the sort of like fashion and and the cliches of the music and the performance, whether it's, you know, having the, the sort of salon styled man perm uh, poodle Rock, sort of look. highlights. Maybe maybe you got some makeup going on. Uh, again, we talked about this, you know, people's sort of uh, sexually confused moment when they look at uh, the cover of uh, Look What The Cat Dragged In. There's definitely so much spandex. And, and you know, it's bright. Uh, maybe it's neon. Maybe it's pink. It's definitely bedazzled. It's it's not leather anymore per se. Well, uh, well you had you bands
0: know. starting to make it on the looks of their front man, and some of the bands had had the tunes to back it up. You had you had bands like Skid Row. I mean, Bon Jovi sold a million records on John's hair alone, but mm. Bon Jovi yes. also had good tunes. But yeah. there were also bands that maybe had a look that weren't that good. Uh, you know. It,
3: uh so, so let's 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 test this theory then. Um, and we'll, we'll do the round table. Could you be an effective successful hair metal band if you were not like the sexiest or dreamiest looking dudes?
4: No.
0: Successful?
3: No. no. Not at all. No.
4: You, might, you might have a song and that
0: does okay and then you're gone the next week. Okay, no. because that's that's my point about Firehouse.
3: Firehouse? It proves it both ways that uh, Firehouse, the guys were not that dreamy looking um, also the song sucked and yet they are Firehouse, still
4: fire-
3: and yet they are still uh, producing new music and they are still touring. They're really uh, big in Japan.
4: I'll tell you what, Ricky Rocket and Brett Michaels Look like two women from like 1980s Playboy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about this.
2: Colin has talked about this. (laughs) Yes, I have. Hey, we should stop talking
3: about this.
2: Yeah, Uh, you went too far, Michael. Not me. I just said I thought they were women. That's all I said. You asked which one I went to sleep with, and that's too far. That's not I, how he asked. I didn't, well, I didn't say I'm, being, I'm being polite, <laughs> John. I'm being polite. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't say sleep got, with. got to keep it up here, my friend. Got to yeah. keep it yeah, up here. Bobby Dahl looks
4: not, like he can it's cook. Not, it's
3: not, a, it's <laughs> not the slum party. Look, <laughs> but, look.
0: Uh, I, to their credit, and I and we talked about it just a few minutes ago, look what the cat dragged in is so fucking good. Who's the, the ugliest the, hair metal
2: band? Uh, I'm saying great, great White. Tough. Great White's Ooh. probably up there tough i don't know their yeah faces well, that well, right white right
0: to me sort of flirts with yeah. even being a hair metal
2: i think, they Kendall, try metal. They I, I think so kendall's
0: much. definitely got the hair but the rest of them like like jack kendall's Russell. a guitar player yeah jack no, russell's definitely not really a hair yeah. metal guy yeah, I, I consider it. them a little bit bluesier than yeah, i i don't yeah. know
3: See, we talk about these guys who were like uh, like uh, like Jack Russell or Don Dockin. By the time they're like making it big in the early '80s, they've been touring and and, and running the strip for like ten plus
0: years. Don it's Dockin. like DeBrow and, and, <laughs> and Dockin was a band that started out. More of a hair metal band, and then calmed it down a little bit. Yeah,
4: yeah. But Don
0: Dawkins looks but, like his
4: face is on fire, and somebody <laughs> put it out with a bag full of cats.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs>
3: that's God. that's the Irish shit, you yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, canceling next week, Don Dawkins.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Don, thanks shit. for coming Sorry, in.
0: Don. Yeah, I oh, guess. Yeah. I guess you don't have to get to the county fair <laughs> thirty minutes before the show. Um,
3: but but john so you you've worked in videos so you can give us a little background on this it's like so when when we think of a band that has a particular look video to video to video it's not accidental these guys it's
0: not it's not accidental whatsoever i mean i had a friend who and granted by the time i started working heavily in music video rock was dead uh, you know, there's there's been a few rock videos. I've done some videos. I did a video for U2, I did a video for Kid Rock. Both of those, those acts, they they are conscious of their image, but they're not reliant upon their image. They are who they are. Mm, yeah. But I've done a ton of pop videos. I, I worked with all the girls, so I worked with the Rihanna's with Britney Spears, with all the pop music of the early 2000s. And that was a heavily, heavily cultivated look album to album. You know, and I I had I had a friend whose job was he was the glam guru for Sony Records. So his job was to take an artist and then find applicable hair, hair, makeup and wardrobe styling artists in the industry and pair them together. Finding someone who had a look in terms of buying clothing to pair with his artist to where by the time you get to make a video, they have already worked out the package as to this is what we're presenting on this album. And I think that that has not changed. You look every time Taylor Swift puts out a record she has a different look or is taking a different approach to whatever record she's putting out. Same thing with Beyonce, same thing with Kanye West, same thing with whomever is putting out a record at the time, Harry Styles, Justin Bieber, all of those guys have a team and their management is not only looking at the song, which it's changed a lot because a lot of those artists, not only are you having a a team come together to put together the look, you're having a team to come together to put together the song. I think when Lemonade came out, there were 23 different writers on that record.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what they came up with. Yeah, congratulations, well, it, guys. They came up uh, with the most popular record of that year, is what they came Lemonade?
4: up with. Oh, hey, is that the Beyonce record? Come on, oh, dude. Sorry, I, 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 which, yeah, which, I'm, which means nothing saying. to oh,
0: us. And also, Colin, honestly, it means nothing in terms of sales, especially in, in 2016 or 17, whenever that record came out. But... She sold out the Rose Bowl. Understood. And yeah. that's, what, that's what that record exists for. It, so it did the exist. Clemson Tigers. Well, yes. But I mean, that, re- that record... <laughs> they, they do lemonade? That record exists Not to anymore. become it's, it's, part it's of... It's a, a, a conversation. different kind of lemonade. Mm. <laughs> Just lemonade. That record exists to become part of a conversation. And the conversation is what keeps Beyonce's face in, in the public consciousness to when it's time to sell those tickets, let's go. Yeah, right. And so, 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 the, the, and, and of, so I, I think that's no different than the acts of of the time that we're talking about. So, John, you know, is,
4: is this the, is this the era that metal right. realizes that that cultivated look is valuable, or is I, this?
0: I think so, because it, as we've talked about in the past, you see bands that have not been so reliant on their image in the past now start to make a move towards this sort of look, this sort of Sometimes even music, you know, Iron Maiden was always jean jackets or, or jean vests and leather pants and studs. Same thing with Judas Priest. Come to 1986, Bruce Dickinson's in spandex. Judas Priest is in spandex. Judas Priest is going as far as to the entire band is cultivating a look as a band. Like their their outfits to match. Absolutely, it's It's like the '50s. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's like the '50s, or it's like Kiss, or it's like Partridge Family. they're (laughs) (laughs) They're making a conscious decision as to when this record comes out. This is how we're presenting ourselves, and it worked to varying degrees. You had fans of Judas Priest. They had been with them since the 70s who saw that and were like, what in the fuck is this? Yeah. And you also had bands and, you know, we just we just watched it. And I'm trying to have a chat with Dave Manichetti from y They just put out a great documentary. And in that documentary, they talk about this time happening. And the and puts out the album Contagious. They get Jimmy DeGrasso, who looks like John Bon Jovi. And you look at the back cover of that album, and here is a band that has not worried about image their entire career. They put out solid music. They're respected for how they play. And now it's like, oh, shit. We also have to do this. We have to right. tease our hair. We have to do this. Oh. They, they, put out the, they put out the music video for Summertime Girls. And Dave Manichetti in a yellow half shirt and short shorts on the beach. That's not him. Dude, he's I do looking, know that guy. He's looking <laughs> <Amazing> hot, though. <guitarist, laughs> amazing songwriter. And as a band, they put out great music. But it comes to that time where it's like, if you guys want to swim in these waters, and, and they had just signed with Geffen Records. That's, for, that's the for key this right album.
3: there. That's the key.
0: Right, and so they're now on a major label, and and actually they're on that major label because Don Dokken went to bat for them and said, "Look, these guys just left AM. They're amazing songwriters. They should have a home." And they land at Geffen, and Geffen goes, "All right, you need to look like this." It didn't work. Yeah. A record, for you.
3: First, you got you got to fire your longtime drummer because he looks like a slob. Leonard Hayes, well, who's Andy a legend. can't keep time, and yeah, and Stumpy Joe, he, Stumpy
4: Joe yeah. Peeps has to go. <laughs> um, but,
3: nice, but so nice so, so again, this 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 kind of illustrates one of the sub themes I think of, uh, of of the whole hair metal conversation is the idea that there's a lot of style, a lot of flash, uh, not maybe the same sort of substance that it's it's all done. To just march to the beat of what the record companies want, what MTV wants, and and in some way what the fans expect of you, if you're going to like fit into this this narrowing classification that you have to have a
0: particular look and you have to have a particular sound just to stay afloat. And and again, which I think works for some bands that came in. If if we want to call it the third wave, Cinderella came to the table when this look was already established this type of making a record of two two quick rockets then a ballad another couple rockets maybe another ballad another couple rockets here's your album and this is how you look Cinderella already came with that look intact they weren't trying to fit a mold and yes. they were super <laughs> successful doing it.
4: holy hell
0: I I, again,
3: I I I'd want to do some research on this and see like what the hell PolyGram had them do, based on like what you know how they wanted to like market the album versus like because we I know a lot of people
4: John's little uh, thing here is is we're getting onto a good a good topic here and that is you know that I think that the the construction of these bands. Starts to really push hard into the actual substance of the music they're recording, right? I mean, it's always been the case. Somebody pushes out the first the first hit. You, you know, you've got somebody outside of the band determining the hits, right? But the the expectation of the metal ballad, uh, okay, has taken us to new heights.
0: Well, absolutely. Colin, what's your favorite glam metal ballad? ballad. It doesn't sell.
2: I think uh, it's that's see the ballad part is hard because it, okay, it's... sit down. <laughs> hey, I instead of overthinking it for the purpose of keeping the conversation going, I'm just going to say home sweet home sweet home just pops into wow. my head. But but I don't know if that's necessarily my favorite. I really I pull, like. I could pull over to the piano here. And oh, play you know it what? You. you know what? It probably is. No, it's probably close my eyes forever. That's a really uh, good. One. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. Hold That's on, a but that really, that,
0: really fucking good one.
2: That te- that ticks though a
4: second box,
0: right? The the duet ballad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just keep it in the same box. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll keep it in the same. We have an upcoming yeah. episode on duets. Dave, what, what's yours? As someone who doesn't love this genre of music, uh, is there one that sticks out this to one, you, or dude, this you...
4: one? I think that the the one that jumps into my mind violates one of my things, one of my uh, one of my tenets of successful bands. I won't forget you.
0: Yeah, it's a road song.
4: It's a road road, song,
0: right? Which but I'll tell you what. Know what? That pretty close. You know,
4: CC sitting on the bed in a hotel room kicks that first rip off, rip off and I'm like that's a good freaking song man
0: it's a good <laughs> song yeah and, and it's a song that's lasted same with Collins I mean we laugh and it it became verboten that like if you're going to be this type of band where's the ballad we'll put it we it's not going to be the first single it never was no it's not even gonna no. be the second never was. It, it was when it. that record started to dip out comes the ballad and it's straight to number one again. Dude, what was the Cinderella ballad on Night Songs? Don't know what you got.
4: Yeah, don't know uh, what you no, got. No, it's called uh, Nobody's Fool.
0: Oh, Nobody's Fool oh. oh, yeah, on that.
4: Nobody's songs. Fool. Holy hell! hell. Everybody yeah. loved that song.
0: Yeah. Don't know what you got was the second record. Mike, Mike, what do you think? What's your what's your ballad of choice? So uh, again, I'm going to go back a little ways, and, and again, we we'll, we
3: we'll, could we'll probably say like something like Beth you know, probably kind of defines like how a band could like go into a more sensitive sort of like song, you know, with, and again, like Beth was an enormous uh, success for kiss. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, 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 I don't know if it establishes a sort of like a template or not, but it's definitely sort of like a ka factor. It's like, Oh, <laughs> You know that because that was the song that won like the People's Choice Awards would kiss was you know basically a band that nobody would popularly agree to like you know uh, give them a you know an American Music Award or anything like that um, let alone a Grammy but uh, for, for, for me for 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 this particular genre of music I think the the band that, that basically uh, did it uh, the strongest and the best, uh, and the earliest was uh, Dokken, Alone Again."
4: Oh, you know what? I hate Dokken, but you're
3: right. It's a really that, good song b- because it, it it has like a ripping fucking guitar solo in it, and it it is a really sort of like touching song. And it, and, <laughs> and, it I, really...
0: and I think with that blueprint, most of them do.
3: Yeah, and I, because Dawkin's success there on that record, Tooth and Nail, you know, there were definitely some other singles like "Just Got Lucky" or. I can't think of the other, maybe Heaven Comes Down was also released as a single but Alone Again, that was a video that was on uh, the Charlie Kendall show uh, The Metal Shop, it was the number one uh, uh, most valuable metal weeks on on end, and it was a ballad it's supposed to be a hard metal show, but it's like okay, but it's a ballad so it it becomes sort of this sort of gateway where it's like oh there's a sensitive side and I think that's maybe that's a key to uh, hair metal bands and, and the particular music too that they do sing about sex and all the sort of licentiousness and stuff but there is the sort of more sensitive emotional spiritual side to love too that the heart brokenness uh, ness of uh a particular relationships, which is like a great sort of trove for like all these singers and songwriters to just kind of bring out and they do like the the, the slow
4: and the loud. Yeah. That win- that window writers come out. I mean Dave. window, into, into, the life, window yeah. into the hard life, dude. That window into the hard, lonely life of a glam metal yeah. art. Like I, I can't bang a different chick every night, baby. Um that-
0: Dave just sent us the link of the best twenty hair metal ballads of the eighties. I 80s might and actually, actually
4: update number mine number based two on was this.
0: was my number one, which is Skid Rose "I Remember You." That's, that that is uh, yeah. my favorite. That would is yep. great. Well, too.
4: That's, that's pretty good. good. Yeah, I might update mine or or have like an asterisk for mine because I had a song stuck in my head for I am not kidding you, probably five years, and. I remember thinking to myself if my buddy Pat was around I could just like mumble this to him because I didn't know any of the words like mumble it to him in pitch and he'd be like oh I know that song because he's got like this photographic musical memory it's the Ballad of Jane I don't even like LA Guns that's a great freaking song it's a really
0: good song. song I mean I that LA Guns record I think is really good I might listen to it. Talk they they yeah, never, that's, that's a great record. they never reached very big heights, even with that song. I mean, they they had a couple <laughs> songs. Sex it was on action. MTV. Yeah, I mean, it's sure it was on MTV and it played on the radio a few times, but it was like they never really got big. Even even in our arena, they never got that big. Um, but I think they're good. You know, I, I, this list lists every rose has its thorn as number one and. It's hard to argue. I mean, that yeah. song was was huge, and they list Hev- Warrant's Heaven at number three, which that's is a That's pretty
4: good. I don't, li- I don't like Warrant. That's a, that's a good song, too. Yeah. It, yep. Mm-hmm. When the Children Cry is one of the first songs I learned on... just for the heck of it.
0: Well, <laughs> song, I, and, yeah. and I it's think, I think my, White Light so, yeah. falls into that sort of third phase that we were talking about with Cinderella, where you have a band that arrives fully formed fully with formed. a look. Yeah, they're they're very talented, but they definitely have a look. They I heard they I heard they grew Mike Tramp in a
4: lab.
2: I, mean, he, I dude, <laughs> he a looks like a, when laugh. I first that's, heard that record, I thought
0: laugh. when I first heard wait, I thought it was Bon Jovi for like a long time. Um, <laughs>
2: that's so it, fun. Until exactly. Vito Brada you know, started. Vito Brada
0: is better than Richie Sambora. Like, um, but there you go. This album arrives, you know, pride that's another, comes that's
4: out. One. That dude fell out of the ugly tree. Pride, <laughs> Pride, hey, come, he's, Pride he's comes. He's a much out. older
0: fellow too.
4: Yeah, backed yeah. over with the ugly truck.
0: Pride comes out. It's it's got weight as the lead single, and it's then you know it's got when the children cry. It's got uh, what else is that, on that? That record? other song. <laughs> it's
4: got that other song.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's got the yeah. other one. Um, a bunch of these songs on on this list, I
4: don't Late, know. Lady Close of the my Valley.
0: Eyes, um, don't I, sleep. sleep yeah, don't yeah, yeah, like
2: steel They're pretty but, good. They, they, I've never even uh, heard
3: of them. Well, we talked about like, uh, well, uh, just, just a little sweat segue here. Uh, White Lions follow up their big game. Um, equally successful record, again, because there's a lot of expectations and they're still kind of like in the same sort of MTV rotation and stuff. But what do they come out with? Right Cover songs.
4: Radar love on, and it was a good recording song. of it too. It
3: was it's a very it's a very good sexy video too. It's a, yeah. it, it, because Radar love is a great song but like what 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 strikes that move like why why do that? Why because the why record, because,
2: because the record execs are looking for something that's going to be Look look Smoking in the Boys Room was big for Motley Crue, right? That was their... Yep. They come out. So this is, you know, but it's already do that. Song, though, right? Nobody was, nobody's sitting
4: around listening to being like I wish Brownsville Station was still together. Yeah. but <laughs> yeah, Honestly, yeah. God, when
0: I first heard Smoking in the Boys Room, I was like, what in the fuck? Well, they some of just us went knew from like song. looks that kill I, and then they they go to this horse shit like like smoking in the boys room. It was like so bad. Like yeah. I, I think well, Home never, Sweet Home saves that
2: record or saved it commercially at least. Yeah. The call call go, go ahead there. I was just saying the form. We I think what happens at the end it kills the hair metal movement. Not to to take it to that part of the conversation, but it, it is that fact that that formula keeps getting hit over and over and over and over again. The conversation John had about the look, right? Here's your, here's your, uh, your guide in, in, in this wilderness of what you have to become. And he's going to get your hair right and your makeup right and your guitars right. And here's, and here's the song order you need to have. And somebody, I don't remember which one of our group said, you got to have a hit, get your ballad out next. You got to have this, you know, throw a cover tune in there, right? It worked for Van Halen. It worked for Molly crew, get your cover tune in there. And they, they kept going back, over and over and over again. Get get your video with the hot chick on the roof of the car. Get everybody on And and eventually, I think we'll we all moving. got to huh. No, go ahead. And I think eventually, we all got to the point where we we just stopped caring was... because it was now cookie cutter. It was yeah. now I don't need. Right, so you're like, okay, now I get Trickster, and you're like, you know what? Nothing wrong with Trickster, uh, but at the time, well, you're like, oh, you know, another. Here's another Trickster, and, and now you're gonna give me Extreme, and now you're gonna give me Firehouse, and now you're gonna, you know, and eventually we're all just like, all right, man, I get yeah, it. it it's, it's because they kept going back to the well, looking for that pile of money to keep. Well, that up, indus- up, the industry is
4: never. Fucking. The industry will never tire of going back to the well. They will give you a hundred Tricksters if they think for a second you'll buy a hundred. Records. They'll they'll give you a hundred triggers if they think you're gonna buy twenty five records. Right,
3: right, right. But 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 at some point, I, I think as Colin is intimating, um, the fan base um, it, we we get a little too over familiar with uh, the predictability of the bands, the look, the sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, audience and then, fatigue. And, 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 yeah. And then there's and then there yeah fatigue. And then there's just like the market gets oversaturated and it's just kind of like there's just not a there's just like it's like a little small pool at some point and there's like all these little fishes swimming around in it and it's like well shit there's there's not enough oxygen in that tank for all the 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 warrants and the pretty boy floyds and the enough is enough and uh who, who we talk about to? somebody somebody, tough, somebody yeah,
2: referenced Z-Nuff, Z-Nuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, little
4: steel
3: caesar, heart steel yeah, little caesar
2: yeah steel heart yeah
3: ram jam but you but know? you gotta yeah.
4: but you gotta imagine michael i mean you take all of these bands and at the drop of a hat let's say 25 to 30 percent of them put on leather and drive motorcycles and all yeah. of a sudden you're like new audience Old, some of the yeah. old audience is going with you, and then some new audience. Um, it, I don't know, man. I mean, you think about it, like, this is a band I know nothing about, Pantera, but they were glam,
0: and they, they switched. Yeah, and yeah. they switched. They switched. Yeah. And I mean, le- look I at Welcome to the, the f- Jungle. Look at the video for that. See, Guns. I, I, Guns I, I, looks th- like a glam band. But I
4: took. But I took that video as you, theater. Uh, I didn't take that as who they were. You know what I, I mean?
0: I, I, but, uh, but I mean, how? No one knew who they were until that video. Yeah, I, I it's, think it's, it's a
4: video. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I
0: think
4: don't, I don't think assume, I say, I don't like, it's assume Lita Ford looks like Lita Ford band. in real life. I mean, right. I just I imagine and hope she does, but not well, anymore. I, <laughs> don't tell me that.
3: So I I, I think we've we could totally appreciate how like a lot of uh, some of our, mm, you know, legacy bands kind of fell into this trap too, whether it's (laughs) Judas Priest. And we talked about like, you you, you could watch the video uh, for Bon Jovi's uh, You Give Love a Bad Name, directed by Wayne Isham. And then you look at uh, the the concert video for um, uh, uh, Parental Guidance, uh, by Judas Priest, also directed by Wayne Isham, Isham, I, Isham, yep. And it's basically the same sort of formula, and you you can see how again we, we talked about like you know the, the sort of embarrassments of like seeing Ozzy dressed like Mrs. Roper or Gene <laughs> looking like a, like a really a really ugly. Drag queen on the Asylum tour or the Crazy Nights tour, and it's just kind of like because he's wearing a glitter cape and he's not wearing like the demon makeup anymore, and he's got like a really bad perm and stuff. Um, but but that's that's what bands were subjected to. I I, I think one of the things that I also want to think about too is the fact that there were like really great bands who just didn't make the cut uh, because for, because the, of the oversaturation and because of the the sort of uh, the, you know the marketplace of taste as it were um you know I, I, there's so many bands who just like they got signed they got one big record out and then they got like all right we got a follow up and then that's it and and some bands like like black and blue they come out with like a really sort of like ball busting debut featuring david's favorite guitarist tommy Thayer <laughs> um and by the time they get around to the second record it's like hey there's a keyboardist in the band now and a lot of the songs are going to be much more pop oriented because you maybe want to get these uh songs on some sort of uh you know you know teenage rom-com or something um so it's you could see like a band like black and blue that comes out really strong and feral Get really, you know, sort of defanged and neutered almost immediately, and then and then Gene Simmons picks him up and they drag them. He drags them around for a couple more records, but like I think of, um, you know, bands like Rough Cut, they come out, they got a great record in 1984, and again
2: with a cover song.
3: Uh, well, yes, yes, there was a cover song there, uh, the the Janis Joplin, and uh, uh, yeah take another piece of my heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they put out a second record a year later, and then, boop, they're gone. That's it. And there's, like, so many other bands who just, like, they just didn't fit. They didn't get on MTV. They didn't get on the radio. And they're some of my favorite bands, and they just they just disappear. That's it. Which is, again, kind of a, a product of this the same sort of... Uh, you Know 80s, uh, machine kickaxe was another band they had came out with like a really great, strong, uh, debut record, Vices, uh, in '84. And then they followed it up with Welcome to the Club the year later. And some of the sound had changed, it got a little bit more pop oriented, and then boop, they're gone. And they're well, they actually. They were, I think they released a record on combat after that, but it was a completely different band at that point. So, you know, there, there are a lot of other vicissitudes that go with all of the sort of, like, uh, the tastes and trends of hair metal.
2: Do I get to say King Cobra now? <laughs> you can.
0: Thank you, Colin.
2: You're welcome. That's for you, guys? Michael. These are bands I've never heard of.
0: Oh, but Mike you could talks t- about King Cobra all the time. Yeah, exactly, no, man. I mean, well, only, but
4: uh, like, if I didn't listen to or work on this podcast, I would never have heard of King Cobra.
0: Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's that's fair. I mean, yeah. it's what, it's not good, but it's fair. Oh come on, yeah. it's
3: it's, I, not, it's not. Neither is not a King couple, Cobra.
0: They've got a couple really good records. A couple, yeah,
3: definitely. Tech, they do.
0: So you're telling so, me they've so, got two. Good records.
2: So, yeah, we, so, so,
3: so, so, Colin, you, you can see the same pattern though, right there in the first two uh, King Cobra records, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It,
3: it's
2: it, it, you said it very well, Michael. It's I don't want to restate everything you just said, but it's. I, I always looked at, I, and I don't, and John, you would know better than I because you were in the industry a, a hell of a lot more than I ever was, but it seemed like most contracts were for two releases. Uh, you've got, you know, these two albums that are going to be made, we we'll guarantee you that. And the first one uh, would gauge the second, the what they would do to tweak the second one. But at the end of the day, Michael, I, I agree completely. It, it's... It, it just wasn't fair for some of these bands how they came in and they tried to follow this formula and they tried to have, like you said, recreating sometimes between one and two. Um, if it didn't work in this one or maybe it did a little bit, we're going to tweak it on the second one. But it, it just isn't going to take if you don't have any have any um, authenticity and your own original sound anymore. it just became It just became the same thing over and over again. And unfortunately, some of these bands just got eaten up by that process.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, it's a, it's a fault to the AOR guys. They want to like they want to cultivate a band, they want to make, you know, a lot of long-term money off of, of certain bands. And sometimes when you're just a flash in the pan or you're like a a band that has like a lot of great original potential, that's just going to get squelched. You know, so it's uh, again one of those those misfortunes. And I, I, again, I love all these bands that I we, we keep sometimes reference. You know, whether it's Malice or King Cobra or or, or uh Axe. You know, it's like it's like they didn't have a fucking fighting chance. It's like, no. but they but they broke. You know, they came from where, wherever they were coming from, and they they broke as a part of this much larger wave of uh, the MTV success and everybody with a sort of like a look or a sound got signed, but they didn't get to, you know, continue to make records beyond, you know, the point where they should have stopped making records like rat. I don't know. They must've had a good contract because they kept letting them make records dance, Um, dance, dance, baby oh and and again that's that's a horrible (laughs) song and dancing undercover is that's an underrated record but it but it it definitely fits into this formula where it's like hey can you guys like just do some more poppy oriented stuff you know just talk about dancing under the sheets and stuff you know and and that and that they could totally do that and
2: I'd like to point out one other thing about Hair Metal that I really enjoyed, and and I don't remember what episode we talked about this. And I know it was it was David's point though that he made somewhere along the lines that he said that back in these '80s years everything was cool, right? Everything you could you could listen to. I remember him saying things like you could listen to Lionel Richie and you could listen to Madonna and you could listen to Hair Metal and you could, but you listen could to whatever. still listen to Lionel Richie. <laughs> well, right, always, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's always style. It's always, it's always as easy as Sunday. Um, but what was it, what I loved about hair metal was it, it really did fit very very well with other huge bands like Foreigner or and Journey. And, and so your playlist when you were with the girls or even with some of your buddies, it didn't have to change to fit about these the girls. Wow. all right. <laughs> Maybe That's there was right. like one. But. When I was taking sewing class, we all <laughs> listened to Foreigner and <laughs> bon But the point I'm desperately trying to make is <laughs> <laughs> that you could have Foreigner four, but you could also have uh, you know a hair metal release and like uh, whichever one you want to pick. But my point is you could fit it into that that realm of sound, and it it was nice. It worked. It didn't it didn't take away from it. You couldn't put some of the heavier stuff in that group and have it and have it work. So I also like the fact that the hair metal didn't stray from a lot of the pop songs that were immensely popular as well
3: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and again i think that's you know one of the, the the points we want to make too it's like which we started with is like that's the key to it it's like yeah they're gonna pour some sugar on you it's sticky and it's sweet and everybody <sighs> likes it these are
4: why did you have to really are, bring up Def leopard though
2: uh, That these are just one illusions. of the big four big four one, one of your big, big four. four all right i'll tell you what pick another big four another big four yeah or if there's uh, my four so poison
4: cinderella wait i can't believe you got wait your, your mention of white snake is the only mention of white snake in almost two hours
0: which is okay. a crime I, I, by the I, way So
4: hold on so go ahead big four
3: but my wait big, let's 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 talk about the white snake crimes against humanity. OK, so <laughs> da- David Coverdale is
4: about uh, that Jaguar. The, so he,
3: <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so he's he's the lead singer there for uh, what, what band was he in there for a while? Uh, Deep Purple. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember when he was in Deep Purple? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, with, with, didn't, like with, it, didn't like it then either. With, with <laughs> hey, and, Burns and, and, a great song. And and Glenn Hughes was in the band too, but he was also a singer too. But anyhow, at some point, uh, David Coverdale forms his own sort of like heavy blues oriented band that sounds kind of like Deep Purple in the late seventies. Dot 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 dot. Slide it in. I think that's what eighty
2: three or 82, so. Eighty two, I think. Eighty two, I think was. Right. Slide and, it there,
3: in. And, and there's there's some great songs on there. That let's we'll, we'll give that a, a, a sort of pass. And then the, the self titled White Snake record comes out and it's got like
1: monster
3: hits it's got it's it I don't know what platinum it goes
2: ten triple platinum ten platinum two hundred platinum know. Wow, I it's, sold a gazillion it, copies but, but
3: but it's you know it's like everything about it like establishes like the the sort of like cock rock uh, leftover Led Zeppelinisms everything that you know makes uh classic rock and hair metal kind of gel together but the first thing he does before they go before he goes on tour is he jettisons everybody who was in the studio band whether it's John Sykes or the bassist the the, the other guitarist the drummer and he brings in like sexy guys right who, who's he got he's got like Adrian Vandenberg okay mm-hmm. and he brings in some Rudy Arzo, and oh, everyone's favorite ageless drummer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ageless. Right, he Tommy he was born he was Tommy. born at, <laughs> at sixty
3: five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy <laughs> Aldrich
0: nineteen eighty nine. Tommy Aldrich was seventy two years old. I love you, Tommy. Forever. I,
3: and, and again yeah, like, he, he's,
0: he's, he's going to be for, alive for years like, and,
3: and, and, and you watch those I videos a, a and, it, and it's, and him it's him kind him. of like some sort of like fashion week in Paris sort of reviewer it's like look at how handsome everybody in this fucking band is <laughs> who didn't actually record the music
4: if you go and, into a bathroom and you stare in the mirror and you push your fingers in your eyes and you say Bloody Mary four times Tommy Aldridge <laughs> will show <you. laughs>
3: That is so awesome! I'm gonna totally do that.
4: Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's just all ribs. He just seems like it's just, it just hair and ribs. Just ribs and like kind so of, many lines in his face. Oh, 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 over tanned skin. It's like a it's like a beat up sort like of a leather
0: black. handbag. I think it's, so so is know, that taking White Snake out of Collins Big Four? Uh,
2: no, they're in
3: no, Big Four, man. I, I, I again, they're they're there for a reason, but uh, not necessarily the best reasons. Because we know that there was like that that there, there's a little bit of sort of like classic rock sort of like backlash, like, oh, how dare a guitarist like well, it was John Sykes, but in the video it's Adrian Vandenberg do the bow on the guitar as though they were doing cashmere all over again,
2: you know,
3: yeah. you know, and then, you know, all the other shit with like uh, kingdom come and stuff. And, you know, there was, there was a, a, Gary Moore and Ozzy Osbourne song about like, you know, how this was just like inappropriate to like uh, rip off, you know, Led Zeppelin, which is again, ridiculous, but that was, that was a thing. If you're a hair metal band and you were somehow, you know, uh, falling a little bit afoul of the rules of ripping off other bands, then other people could call you out. But again, it seems like, I don't know, uh, 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 not the worst crime in the world. So... Colin, I think you want to you want to reconstruct your Mount Rushmore, or you want
2: to no, keep. No, I'm it was, sad. they they're, they're, they're Mount what's your,
0: what's your big four, Colin? Run that down again.
2: Poison, Cinderella, yeah. White Snake, Death Leopard. Wow. All right, Mike. Okay. You got uh, four. Can, can, can I
3: thinking. just can, can I just make it just kind of like. Like personal favorites. I don't want it to be like M- Mount Rushmore. I just wanted to be like no, Mount Rushmore. You know, I
4: think it's a big commitment. It's it's not I the wanna, same as your big four.
3: I want to make it more like garden gnomes. Just kind of like, hey, this is kind of cool, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, because we we could all recognize like the most successful bands are the ones that you would put on the Mount Rushmore. So it'd be like Bon Jovi, Mike Tramp, uh, Def the- Leppard you know, Joe Elliott's face or uh you know David Coverdale's face. But uh you know, the, the the bands the bands that I really enjoyed that are hair metal, which are you know to this day are like uh just enjoyable guilty pleasures. I say Dawkins. Can I put Dokken on there twice? Oh <laughs>
2: sure.
3: I mean
0: to, to <laughs> chagrin, we, can't, we can't I, be I friends don't anymore. I don't disagree.
3: You know, but uh, Dokken is is definitely there, and and again, I've always had a sweet spot for like Poison. Um, again, because you know they write really great songs. You, you know, whatever you think of their image or everything else about them, they write great songs. So, so what we got there?
2: Poison. That's two. Uh, that's two. Uh, um, Wait, I thought it was Poison Dokken, Dokken.
3: Oh yeah, we had Dokken twice. <laughs> And, and again, uh, I'm gonna put on I'm gonna put on some King Cobra there because <laughs> there you go, Jeez. Because, stay true to your school, Michael. Because come on, because I, I love it. Um, and fourth would be um, Great White. I just I've always loved Great White, and I don't even know if they're like a hair metal band because they are a hair are.
2: metal band, absolutely.
4: Well, they, I mean, an unsuccessful hair metal, but they're not very hair, and they're not very metal, but they're a hair metal. A
0: of, dude, for a minute, they were pretty fucking successful. Yeah, they, like
4: it, they, by minute, they went, you mean like one song? Well, that, like, I do. I mean, to... one,
0: once bitten, twice shy. I think those two records, like, were pretty big at the what time. What was that other yeah, the, one?
3: What was uh, the they, uh, hooked? Hooked was the ah. third. The third, in the, they 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 went platinum in a, in a, in, a, in a series of records.
0: So, I, I remember Mike and I had listened to like their what? earlier records before "Once Bitten, Twice Shy" had come out, and right. and really like like Recovery Live and and uh, what was the first one, Mike? Um,
3: first one is just the self-titled Great White. Yeah, so it's a black cover. Yeah. it's really yeah, good. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's there's I love all they and again they do a cover of Substitute, the Who song on there, for which there is a a really weird video which you could find. And again, they, they Mark Kendall is a great guitarist. Even like I, I
0: just saw them play six months ago, uh, not with Jack Russell, but with with, with Kendall, with, with and Mark they Kendall. were great. Yeah, they were really, Yeah, Mark Kendall was there. He's really good.
3: And, and and again, they have great songs, and I, I love Jack Russell, and they they always had like really kind of uh, interesting, thoughtful lyrics. And and again, despite the fact that they have a song called "Down on Your Knees." Uh, which is a song about what you'd expect it to be about um, which is Car- perfect cleaning cleaning um, yeah I think it's, <laughs> it, oh, it's a theme from Cinderella I just spent two days like, laying floors <laughs> there you go down on your knees and uh, stuff like that but uh, I, I, I'd, I'd say that's that's a good top four for me again guilty pleasures all
2: in all Mm. Mr. Harden, your top four?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I go with Mike. Maybe not necessarily the biggest, but uh, I think for, for the four glam, I would go Poison, Cinderella, Dawkin, and Def Leppard.
2: Well, then we're only off by one, my friend.
0: Dang. We are, we are. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like White Snake that much. No, I okay. really don't. I, I like like two songs. I, okay. I. I barely like two songs. I think they just got overplayed. I, you know, we joke about Tommy Aldridge, David Coverdale was like 71 years old. When, when here I go again came out, he's got Tawny contained beating his ass down in a Jaguar.
2: Yeah. But he's got
0: like that. He's got like that soft Sybil Shepherd like lens on him. I, I, I think he's one of those guys that he was, you know, he was a contemporary of like Led Zeppelin. He was running in that deep purple crowd. And then, then like we talk about yeah. this hair metal wave came and it's just like, well, that's what I am now. And it's just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> feeling it. Actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to fucking, I am, I am going to boot Def Leppard and I'm going to put Skid Row in. Wow. Okay. okay. I can't
4: yep. believe you had Def Leppard there in the first place.
0: Yep. I am. I Well, because Pyromania is amazing. It yeah. really is. Um,
4: that's where it begins and ends with me. I don't like Through the Long Night. I don't like Hysteria.
0: Yeah. I like Step On great, in, and On Through the but Night I don't like Heinz, I I, and Hysteria, but I still... I, Mm. I, I think Skid Row with their self-titled and the next record, "Slave to the Grind," that, that, which uh, also has a great ballad in in, is it "Wasted Time"?
4: That what's, what's that? What's that? Time, uh, well, pour yeah, some that's, sugar that's
0: on me. Fucking great. Yeah. Pour
4: some sugar on me falls into my my theory that every every ten years or so, somebody writes a song that sounds just like that Bob Dylan song where he just says You're things sure. in order.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean that's half that record
4: right uh, but I mean it's like every like, you know that Johnny's in the bass man, man he's not the medicine i don't yeah. out of it so it's like I, every I mean, 10 sing, years sing
0: the lyric's rocket good luck somebody
4: yeah 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 so every 10 years somebody <laughs> records their version <laughs> of that song so you got like Billy Joel does it Def Leppard does it Bob Dylan does it like pretty just uh, uh, to REM yeah like everything right.
3: yeah 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 it's, it's the end of the world excess
4: In excess does it right <laughs> <laughs> And you could go. Some you might even be able to go every five years if you know of enough bands.
0: I Feel like you've been keeping that one back pocket. <laughs> yeah, you have, like man. Quickly. That's pretty good
4: right there. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, so here's my my big four. I got Poison, which nobody can deny. Uh, I'm slipping in David Lee Roth band, right? Okay. The first
0: one. I, I think that's fair. I and had you, you look at Billy Sheehan. Yeah, yeah,
4: Billy Sheehan. Who like. I had Skid Row, and I thought I had snuck that in. I was like, Harden didn't say Skid Row.
0: What the heck is happening? Uh, is that that's door, it Mike's starting
2: the truck up. Uh, well, down to three. And then there were three. <laughs>
0: Dude,
4: what are you No, I'm here.
2: Is it raining? Um, I got poison. Smart
4: guys. I got David poison. Lee banned. Is he on a delay? Is he operating on a delay? Uh,
3: I'm <laughs> sure. No, I, if I am I <laughs> on delay? Here,
4: Merv. Have you seen my Have you seen my liner? Um, I got Skid Row thinking I got one over on you, and you forgot to say Skid Row. And then my fourth, but I don't I really care about that shit. Them. So I've got three p- potentials. They get, depending on what coast we are. I'm sticking in White Lion. Yep. Lita Ford or Night
0: Ranger.
3: Night Ranger. It, okay, I, I
0: don't know. Lena mm. Ford, I think, was like, what was she popular for? About a half hour. Yeah, dude, give take, and uh, mostly because of Ozzy. No, like, that, dude, no, dude, that, that, that sweet
4: that, ass looking. She, uh, well, first <laughs> of all, at the time, and in my mind still. She was freaking hot. That's what I just said. And she had the awesome, the BC Rich, the Rich Bitch, the 10-string guitar. I
0: remember top, that, yeah, yeah. The
4: top four strings were doubled like a 12-string. That's a sweet axe, dude. The guy plays He's it quite, in... White
0: Lion, I think. They're at
4: the sure. music store.
0: It's Breaking
4: cut. Bad. Badger is playing her guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so The anyway, legacy lives. lives. Yeah, the legacy lives. Um, but no, it was... um. The 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 song with the keyboard riff. Yeah, yeah that song Kiss kills dude. I've yeah. to that song a okay. long time.
1: Yeah and,
4: and the so, Ozzy, which Ozzy is just Ozzy, but she's awesome in that. Um and she's a legit guitar player, but I like Lita Ford. I wish she did more good music instead of just she did a lot of filler. A lot so of does
0: she. Hit, yeah, well,
4: it's like <laughs> hits and filler, mostly filler. Um, and then Night Ranger and you can argue whether Night Ranger counts as a rock band or as a glam band but they had you know floofy hair and a bass player who sang right and
3: uh, then like the drummer who sang like the John
4: Gorka looking drummer
3: Yeah um I the, don't think uh I don't think yeah, Night, Night Rangers up. uh hair metal
4: but I I, it's agree. Okay. I a glam metal list on Wikipedia but there's also a lot of bands on this list that are not Yeah
3: glam. Yeah, but yeah, probably, they're gonna probably throw in Loverboy and Journey too. Yeah. Uh
4: I don't think Loverboy's on here. But Cold Lake era Celtic Frost is on the list.
3: If you read uh, Martin Pothop's book uh, Hair Metal, which is which is like a great sort of uh, document related <laughs> to like the whole evolution of hair metal, he 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 talks about like how bands like uh, Journey and Loverboy uh, and Night Ranger are technically hair metal in a way, in the sense that they don't get it the, the same sort <laughs> of uh, um,
4: band I would put in here on name alone, like that did such a good job picking their name who's that saigon kick yeah
0: saigon kick yeah Yeah, I, th- I thought about saigon kick today while we were uh while we were thinking about this it, is name. love is on the way is that the song
2: the uh, uh,
0: gutter, gutter ballet no that's a uh, sabotage, that's sabotage. Uh,
2: i think might be love is on the way nobody said love is on the way i like
0: that song nobody said yeah it is love is on the way somebody said tango Saigon Tor- Kick had that uh, the CD Tor- with the lizard Tor- on the cover.
4: Yeah, there you go. Tor- I still have that CD. Um, what else is on here? Well, nobody's gonna say X Y Z White Tiger.
0: X Y Z was uh, produced by Don Dokken.
4: Yeah, Bigger. there you go. He needs yeah. some his teeth done.
0: He did, Pretty good. It's like kind of hard to find, but like they're not bad. Yeah. yeah.
3: Worst worst band name ever. X, Y, Z?
4: No. No. Yeah. You know what Ram I was, Jam. I, I Ram thought, Jam. I thought about putting in Gorky Park.
0: That's Say Da.
2: Jackal with a Y. Okay. <laughs> well, oh, we didn't mention we,
3: Jackal. We, haven't, we, did, we, we didn't uh, mention on purpose. Autograph. Dude, Jackal's all right. What?
2: Autograph. That's Sucks. another good hairband.
3: Oh, yeah. Dang. They had like an enormous, enormous hit, right?
2: Yeah, Blondie well, the, uh, the, turn
4: up the radio. Turn up the radio. The,
3: the yeah. Turn,
4: yeah. Up the radio. And they had yeah, the ba- they like had the-, the back cover uh, advertisement on like Hit Parader for five
2: years.
3: <laughs> yeah, and they <laughs> right? they as weird as it might sound,
2: the, the in, guitarist
3: please. Steve Lynch he won he won the Kering, um Best guitar solo of the year for the solo he does on the song Turn Up the Radio. It's like really? wait a second. But uh yeah, I, again I love the hell out of autograph. It's a again, whole, like, a gross guilty thing. pleasure. Heck, hey, that was that was their thing. That was their thing. That's oh, they, really? everybody had to have like a little gimmick. You couldn't show them, you know, the, the band members faces on the Oh, uh,
4: oh dude. On
3: the rack just like Are mm-hmm. they Canadian? And it, uh, no, they're an scary? LA band. They're, they were they were an LA band, or at least they, they came together in LA. But but they were they were on RCA, and RCA was just kind of like a really shit label at that point, you know. So it's like uh, White Wolf was also on RCA, and it's just you know, again like two and out, two and out, you know. Goodbye, White Wolf. Goodbye, you know. Autograph. Autograph did put out a third record, but I think it was on a different label.
4: Third record. I didn't even know they had a first record. <laughs> yeah, they had a first record
3: called Sign In Please. And then they uh, came I'm, they came back with uh, a
4: mail
2: order.
3: The, uh, it had like a sexy girl robot on it.
2: Sexy yeah. yeah. girl robot. It's called... Uh, mm, uh, I have it, but I can't think of the name of it.
3: God, God
2: damn it. Well, it the Cobra. With, with,
3: with the uh, blondes and, b- and black cars, and they they re-released it with a a cover of uh, "We're an American Band" from Canada. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, the the that's the that's stuff. That's that's the yep. stuff. There you that's go. That's the stuff. John. That's that's the stuff that dreams are made on. Cloud oh, nine. From, oh,
4: they're from L.A. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's what I said. All right. So, do we want to talk about how like uh, a lot of this music? Uh, does sort of perpetuate a lot of like really sort of gross sexist stereotypes because it uses a lot of stupid lyrics or song titles.
4: Yeah, I uh, I can't help but wonder: is this are the is this movement happening t- if it starts today?
1: That's uh, the first. Like that's mo- kind what, of like what, my what first.
4: Like this whole glam thing, with kind of the centerpiece being
1: oh like. Wow
4: really like hot dudes or dudes who want to appear to be hot and sexualized singing songs about conquests and chicks and slip it in or whatever the hell let's go slide it in like all these like hyper-sexualized yeah no i I don't
3: think i don't i don't say
4: that to be like a social justice warrior i just go like there's a time and a place for things and i think that time ain't now like some of this stuff gets like grandfathered in. Like you could still, you know, roll into a record store and be like, "Yeah, hey, let me get a copy of Slide It In." And like, "Oh yeah, White Snake's great." But like if that record came out today, like Slide It In, Tawny Katane, like spreading her legs on a Jaguar, people would be like, boycott. Like that ain't <laughs> happening.
3: <laughs> yeah. No. But I. But I think that, that again, if, if, if we if we put this in like an in an honest perspective, and we think about like. What people have been singing songs about or writing poems about throughout, like you know, human culture, civilization. There's always going to be an element of the erotic, uh, element of the uh, of of the sexual to it.
4: You know, this is the this is the freaking Spinal Tap conversation, though. Right? Oh, oh, she can't be the one.
3: Oh, that's right. There's 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 a there's a line between being sexy and sexist.
4: Yeah, right. And I think yeah, if, there, if, like, if, you could, I agree. You could get away
2: with it, but not this way.
3: But I, but I, I think, would agree you because know,
2: the country is not in the same state of mind. Right. I
4: mean, all, uh, what do you call it? Cinderella is not, ma- or yeah, Cinderella is not making those videos today. Right.
3: Uh, which, which, well, again, who with would? the
4: bimbos who are like hot for Bon Jovi not in the same way.
3: Yeah. And I'm but, not saying but,
4: that in a necessarily judgmental way. I'm just saying like there's a there's an awareness now that, that is pre- were, yeah. that is the present.
3: But it, but in the Cinderella story, you weren't supposed to like those girls anyhow because they were like they were like bad you know, they're bad stepsisters.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> just just just, just, just say okay. Just, just okay. it. So, just so not it the, best, like the, the so not the best example. Like I thought Lita Ford at the time Went to a party last Saturday night. Didn't get laid. Got in a fight. Uh huh. Ain't no big thing. Very empowering lyrics for a woman to sing. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like now and then. Yeah. Oh.
3: You know? and, and again, because we because we've talked about Lita Ford, everybody should check out her autobiography, which is like really fascinating yeah. and dark.
2: I really it, it love like Ford.
3: Yeah, it, it covers like a lot of we heard. <laughs> and again, like her. You know, <laughs> my back.
2: I she saw her, I seen saw her recently party it, of one. I she, saw her she, recently and the energy was just I don't know she was it wasn't there but I do respect she, her. She's yeah, 70. 70. <laughs> I'm just saying that she was there That's with some other females. Th- I saw a whole female lineup and she was the the least uh, energetic and I Who just, else was yeah. there? Um Hailstorm who I think the the oh, world of Lizzie oh, Hale is terrific. amazing. Hale's great. Yeah. And, and there was another opening band that I don't know, but they were younger, and so yeah, it was nice to have Lita there. And again, I respect her, and I also saw her with Firehouse when he, they opened up for her, and they were great. And it's just you know it's she's unreliable. She's trying, huh? and I appreciate that. It's just it's just that stage of her life where she just doesn't doesn't have that over the top energy anymore, and it's the fact that she's seventy has a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah dude. My 61, mom was just actually. here. She yeah. jumped out wow. My mom was just here. She brought a lasagna. <laughs> nice. She's <laughs> she's in her seventies. <laughs> nice. Sorry, but uh, okay, still respect her.
3: You should totally check out her autobiography. You know, because she was like it's in called? some really really interesting. Uh, it's probably called leader. Oh, would you like lasagna? Yeah, but uh, it's just it's filled with like a lot of interesting insights about like uh, as a woman in the heavy metal genre genre navigating otherwise a, a man's world and she's obviously in like really significant uh, relationships with either chris holmes or with tony iomi um or with uh, the, the crazy dude from nitro who like drops her off in turks and caicos for like a year during y2k because he thinks uh, uh, the world's going to end and he just like leaves her there for like a year or so but uh just like great insights, we talked about the the the, the Aussie uh, song like "Close Your Eyes Forever." She comes up to Ozzy like a year later at some party, and she's like, "Hey, Ozzy, how you doing?" And Aussie's like, "Who are you?" It's like, "I'm Lita Ford." Oh, nice to meet you. It was like,
1: <laughs> "Are you Aussie? related to Post
3: Malone?" <laughs> like, like we, we we recorded a song together. It was, it was like a big hit. You made a lot of money. It's like cocaine
4: <laughs> so, so this is the living like a runaway memoir uh
3: probably sure. yeah yeah that's probably it if it's i think the most she possible. only
4: wrote one book
3: okay but it's, it, 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 uh, it's really good though and 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 the the cocaine rage is that tony iomi would get into and like throw uh, hotel furniture at her. Yeah, she, she was, was engaged terrible. to Tony
2: Iommi too. Yeah, right? and married really? to Chris Holmes. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know. Oh, some sure. bad choice in Chris Holmes, no but shit. I had no idea that she was with Iommi. I, actually, no, but it I mean, turns he's really out, cleaned is, himself if up.
3: If you, if you if actually, <laughs> actually, where the whiskey's if,
2: taking you, David?
3: So, so Sorry, go reading, ahead, actually. Chris Holmes. Chris Holmes is actually like a really sweet guy. I, I think everybody has like that image of him in his mother's pool uh, during that uh, the, uh, the, the Penel- uh, Spirits, you know, where he's like guzzling all of the the vodka and whatnot. But he's like he turns out like he's just like a real sweetheart. Yeah, he's like he's really he's really thoughtful. He's just he's, he's not like a wild man. Like he portrays himself, at least uh, from from Lita's telling of it. So
0: I want to all this out.
3: Come back to our, our, our to our point as, as a way of like uh, wrapping this up. Uh, the reason we we could still talk about hair metal in, in this particular way is because our affection for it has not dimmed that much. And and the songs we go back to them, or we think about these bands whether they're at uh, Rocklahoma or M3, or they're coming up on this big summer stadium tour with Crew, Poison and Def Leppard. Again, it's like. We we love these songs and we 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 definitely have like a sort of a emotional personal historical connection to to this past. Um, is what's what's going to happen next summer? What's you know is this is this uh, you know is this the end of the road or for for hair metal or does hair metal continue to like have uh, an audience? Do we continue to have an affection mm-hmm. for it? And we'll just we'll start with uh, C for Colin.
2: It goes until the wheels completely fall off the bus. Which, which is
3: what? When Motley Crue says they're not going to tour ever again, and
2: then they no, do? when all the, when all the members of Def Leppard and Poison and Motley Crue and and Rat and whoever else is around, when they're all gone and, and dead, that's when it stops. Until then, it'll continue to roll.
3: Okay, so wow, that's yeah. optimistic.
2: I would Always, say that's right? capitalistic.
3: <laughs> capitalistic, I, I yeah. I don't
0: think he's entirely wrong. We talked about how many tickets that tour is selling. Yeah. The the demand is still there. The nostalgia right. is still there. Can those, bands,
4: can those bands sell those tickets without all the like, could they do that the way Kiss does it? No. With like half the no. members? I
0: don't think they could.
3: No. Not 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 in that no. volume. But well,
0: we're going well, to find <laughs> out when some of the members <laughs> are gone. Yeah, I, I, I take that back. Maybe, Could maybe Def, Def Leppard, especially. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, there's probably not a huge attachment to most of Def Leppard outside of Joe Elliott.
4: Is Vivian Campbell playing in that band yet?
0: Yeah. Yes. OK, yeah, this is it, though. <laughs> yeah. He's but like but I mean, if, if, even even with probably half or more of the audience that's going to that stadium tour, tell them to name all five members of Def Leppard. Good luck
4: counting Vivian Campbell or including the dead
0: guys. <laughs> I, I mean, count, counting,
4: counting Vivian. Hold on, hold on. So you get uh, don't 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 interrupt me. Oh, here Joe. Joe 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 Elliott. Correct. Uh, There's one. Uh, Savage is that the yep. bass player? Rick Savage. Yep. Rick, Sa- I was gonna say Viv Savage. <laughs> that's Final Tab. <laughs> Close. Um, you get uh, Rick Allen. Yep. Phil Collin.
0: Correct.
4: And uh, Steve Clark, the former, formerly known as Steve right. Clark, now now known right. as the,
0: Vivian v- Campbell. with his understudy Vivian Campbell. Correct. It was, that's nice. the fun. Weekend also at Bernie's heavy metal <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like, I I really do think that uh, I think a lot of the, a lot of the people going to that show would be hard pressed to
2: name all the members of Def Leppard. But yeah. they know... They'll, and they'll, show up
4: with their, they'll show up with their Union Jacks on. It doesn't matter. Jacks.
2: And I think that's why it's going to continue to roll, because as long as you can pour some <laughs> sugar on me, they'll continue to pay $40, $50 to go sing <laughs> that and get drunk. Yes. That's the whole purpose of these concerts. Okay? I'm gonna i want to get hammered, and I want to sing this, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. So if it becomes Brett Michaels and a bunch of studio guys behind them, they could give a shit. Yeah, yep.
3: and, and, and I think... That, to bring it full circle and to bring us to a close is like that's the thing that this is this is music about uh, uh, participation, uh, hanging out with friends, enjoying uh, the good times that come with good music. Um, and if you could do that in the stadium and everybody's singing along, what what better sort of experience would you have? I, again, everybody wants to like get their favorite Radiohead record and just put the you know the headphones on and just Go into like a dark space and that's cool too. But like to go out and just kind of like, ah just let it all out. You know, get your tank top on, get your cut-off jeans and just go out there with the flip flops. Yeah, they're the not, putting a lot of, they're, with not
4: the, they're not putting a lot of pictures of the audience on that website. <laughs>
3: no, no, they should not. They should not. No. But again, it's you know, you, you could go back and you look at the, 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 the studio or the the audience footage for some of the live stuff, and you're like Ah, these people aren't very attractive or interesting. <laughs> it's
4: like, but there, that was us. Ooh, that's you the, got front row, huh? You know, so you put your feet up. You
3: know, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know and, and again, it's 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 a it's a really weird phenomenon. And again, I think that's that's part of uh, why why we continue to have these conversations. It's like, shit, you, you know, metal metal culture is still alive. As long as we're still alive and the people who are still putting the music out. So, fuck, why shouldn't people, you know, still go out and dance and have a good time and listen to the music and, you know, do some, you know, mm-hmm. shit? Are there places where you could still do, uh, you know, some pre gaming outside in the parking lot? I don't know. Maybe at the link. I think you can yeah. still, you can still, like, that two. There you go. You, yeah, you could still, you could bring your, like, little, uh, I don't know, your, your portable uh, barbecue kit. Okay, so we spent two entire cans of Aquanet on this episode. We want to thank you once again for tuning in to Middle-Aged Metalheads. You can check us out on the Facebook group. You can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Apple Music. Wherever you get your, uh, your streams, wherever you get your feels, you can find us, Middle-Aged Metalheads, two hyphens. Thank you, John Harden, Colin Bosler, David Timoney, I'm Michael Stamps, and we'll see you again on the Middle Age Metalheads.
1: Rock on! Let's get rid of their electric guitars and let's give them acoustic guitars, unplugged. So get back to the roots of the music. Well, now what's left? You've taken away the rock, you've taken away the electric. You've got four guys in street clothes sitting on fucking bar stools playing, singing a folk song. What's that? That's not metal.